The podcast you're about to hear is uh, with Greg Terrell and Jackson Hinch, and they have a podcast called Off the Platform. Now, they had asked me to come on their podcast as a guest, and uh, and I graciously did. And it's uh, we got to talking about, you know, a, a lot of things, a lot of things that previously I hadn't talked about. I talked a little bit about my origin story uh, on some other podcasts, but we got a little deeper on this one. A couple different stories were brought up that I haven't told before. Um, and for anyone who's been following, you you know that I've definitely, um, I've been around for a minute, so I got some interesting stories. So I'm going to share it. I let the I let the fellas on their podcast platform drop the episode. It's been a week so that uh, their following gets it. And I'm going to drop it here right now so you guys get to hear it as well. It's a good discussion. Um, these fellas are out of New Zealand and, and they know what they're doing. They're actually really good at podcasts. If you guys want to give them a list and it's off the platform. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we have some really good flow. They ask some really good questions. These fellas come prepared and don't just sit down and be like, all right, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, which sometimes works as well. If you really know the person you're sitting down with, um, you don't even have to do a heck of a lot of research because you know what you want to ask. But these fellas came ready. My one man came super ready. And, uh, you know, he was he had done some really real research on me. But um, anyways, with no further ado, give this a listen and uh, let me know what you think. And please subscribe and give us high ratings wherever you're listening to this too. Subscribe on that platform and give us high ratings. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah, we like to we like to we like to record straight off the bat too, because some of the some of the good stuff you get right in the beginning too. Well, that, Same, was, that, that was why I was just about to record that because I thought Six Pack was going to like drop himself in the shit and be like I'm <laughs> yeah. double booked and then not told the other person. That's our clip, mate. That's our, that's our magic moment. <laughs> I'm the exact same way where um, I, I, I start recording pretty early unless I get on and I just want to break the ice with the person that they don't do a lot of podcasts and then maybe they feel a little more comfortable, talk a little bit and then start recording. But sometimes the best shit is, you know, right off the bat, you just get loose and start flowing like, damn, we should be recording this. Yeah, for sure. That, right. We've had some guests that we've, we've started recording straight off the bat and it's just not... I don't know, Jackson, it doesn't flow. And I'm nah. thinking, because we're just rookies, eh? We're only, what, 29 episodes in now, eh? So, don't tell him that, bro. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're 200 episodes in. <laughs> 229, <laughs> 229 is what he meant to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you would still be, even after 29, um, you start finding your flow. Like, I remember when you first, like, man, King of List podcast was so different when I first started. Holy moly. You just, um, I don't know. Do you guys find you've already started changing a little bit from your first episode? And, oh, and for sure. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I look back at our first episodes and we've come a, we've come a mile since then. I am like uh, Jackson probably gets a bit pissed off, but I'm always thinking, bro, we need to up our game. We need to get some t-shirts. We need to get some backdrops. You know, I think we need to change our cameras uh, let's get a studio, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got a half hour makeup. You're coming in like it's Saturday. Exactly, like. Yeah, yeah. We did a crew. <laughs> we did a production team. We need to go because I watched, you know, I watched like like you. I watched uh, Joe Rogan, and I look at the setup, yeah. and I go, bro, that's that's us. That's that's goals right there. 
Yeah. That coming on. I feel like Alex. Did you, sorry, you go. Uh, did you do? Did you change anything? For, like, like when I first started, um, there wasn't as as many podcasts at the time for powerlifting. There was like tons of podcasts, but but now there's a lot more. But I so I wasn't like sure how we how I wanted to sound or whatever. So and I wasn't sure how things would go. So I wrote down like like. 30 questions or more. And I'm like, I had them down on a piece of paper and yeah. I was like, um, because I wasn't sure. Right. And I was like, I loved already. I was listening to like Joe Rogan and stuff. I'm like, Oh, I would love if it sounds like that, but I don't know if talking about powerlifting will end up sounding like that. So then, or if power lifters. So if I ever ran into the shit, I would have some backup questions or something. Right. And, um, so sometimes I think the early ones were like just rolling down questions and it sounded <laughs> nothing like it sounds now, but you get really good at communication with like being able to keep a conversation going without, you know, unless someone's giving you yes and no answers. <laughs> I tell you what, tell you, that's, that's, that's funny you say that because about three weeks ago we had Chad Wesley Smith lined up and he's a smart, he's a smart, he's a smart fucker, you know? And I, I wrote down no, no shit, three pages. I wrote down three pages and every day, like in the weekly, I'd, I'd read through every single question. Okay. Fucking pillars, pillars. Yes. Principles. Fuck all these principles again. I'd fucking re- rehearse them. It was getting to the point where I was like, oh, I don't want to fucking do this episode anymore. Eh? He's going to, he's going to say something. He's going to say something and I'm not going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Greg's got all these questions to sound like he knows what he's talking about. Oh, so I got I got to sound smart. This is Chad Wesley Smith, man. That guy knows his shit. Yeah, and I got to the point where I was so nervous, and um, I tell you what, on the morning it, it was a, it was a no show, and uh, Jackson had to tell you this. I was I was relieved, man. I was relieved. Yeah. Greg goes and it- cracks open like a six pack. He's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, right, oh damn! Up. I'm glad that was over. But I, but I, but I hear you, man, because I mean, I I used to write down a whole page of notes the whole the whole history, and you end up feeling like you're you, it's just rehearsed. Because you end up, because my wife said to me, she listened and she said, you don't respond when they give an answer. You pretty much just go, mm-hmm. right. So next, you know, yeah, and she yeah, was yeah. saying that you, she was saying, that's no good. You've got to respond and listen to them. And I'm like, you're right. I'm not listening. And so I stopped writing down the notes and I just listen and talk. It's just a conversation. It's, feel, it's, um, it, sorry, go ahead. I was going to, I, I feel like I've under prepared every episode. <laughs> I've never done that. Naturalist. You come just, I just naturalist. love yarns. That's what that yeah. was when we when we came up with this. I was like, we get to talk to fucking. We were just going to talk amongst the boys. It was like we were like we had a couple of people from New Zealand who were keen, and then I can't remember. Oh, we got Odell and stuff, and then I messaged like Brandon Allen and stuff, and they said yes. And I was like, excuse Whoa. me. Whoa! Excuse really? me, Greg, Greg. What do we do, with Greg? Damn! What are you, Greg? <laughs> this, is getting, this is getting legit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's funny how yeah, active listening is huge for it. I was the same way as you, Greg. It's 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 good to um, early goings. I prepped because it alleviated anxiety to be like, okay, I'm I'm ready though, so it'll be okay. If you're not ready with anything, like I've done some speeches and stuff like that with like a thousand people watching, and you're like. Is if I know what I'm going to say, then I, it alleviates the anxiety a little bit because you feel ready. But I also know what you mean. It's weird how you you respect the person you're about to talk to on a podcast so much to the point where you're nervous, so much to the point where if they cancel, you feel relieved. But then after the fact, you would be like, fuck me. I wish I had the opportunity. But I know what you mean where it's like you're so 
anxious. Anxiety is a weird feeling, but it's also anticipation. Mm. It's fucking weird. Isn't it weird, man? It's the same thing with powerlifting if you're about to compete or anything, right? Mm. Right before it happens, you're like, holy, you wake up in the morning, like, holy fuck, I feel a weird feeling in my stomach. And that doesn't feel good. But it's only because you care that you feel that. Like, mm. if, you, if you didn't give a shit, mm. what does it matter? So it's a good thing that you care. You got some skin in the game and you're doing something. But on the flip side, it's just, there's some uncomfortable moments in there, man. And you, I've had those podcasts too, where you're like, I don't, I don't like how I, I wasn't actively listening. I was, I wasn't all my shit right there, right? Mm. I wasn't. I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, I was. Um, even even before this episode, I was pacing it around the house, going, "Okay, what's the time? Eight forty. Okay, sweet. Okay, what's the time?" My wife's like, "Relax." And I'm like, "No, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. My six pack lepidic <laughs> coming on." I said, I, "I always get nervous," and she's like, "That means you care. You care." I yeah. said, "You're right." And I remember you said it. I, you said it on a previous podcast. You've you've got to care. Like if you start doing this for all the wrong reasons, then it's gonna it's yeah. gonna shine through. It's gonna come through. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was that was hilarious. Like Greg didn't have his headphones on when I logged in, and then I just heard him giving himself like his pep talk, like like he was about to run onto a fucking like the old like here we go. Let's do it. Come on, come on. Doing and shit. And then like, wait, who the fuck is called Six Pack? That's bullshit. Names. We need. I know. I was writing the names on the Zoom, and I'm like, Greg, and then we've got Six Pack Leopard. We've got New Jackson. I'm like, we need some nicknames, brother. That's right. We need some nicknames for branding, man. For branding, it helps. Who are you guys looking to get? Who are some people that you want to get on the podcast, or like the big fish you want to reel in? Oh, right here, man. We got it. We got it. My man, my man, right here. Look at this. See, you're 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 doing very well at this already. That's exactly (laughs) downhill from here. It's downhill. (laughs) We smashed it. This is the peak. Twenty nine, twenty nine episodes in. (laughs) No, I've got I've got a few names. eh? like um, like episode three. Episode three. We were like, okay, we're 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 we're, this this is going well. So I messaged I messaged uh, Ed Cohen, and he's like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, fuck Jackson. We got, we got Ed Cohen, and then I, I message back going, "Brother, you got a date and a time?" No response. No, never heard back. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No, Ed Cohen. Ed Cohen's he's off. He's, okay, he's out of the picture. Uh, who else is next? Okay, let's try and get. Uh, I'm thinking like Boroshiko. I wouldn't mind Boroshiko on because that'll be that'll be a good yarn. But I've listened Maybe. to I've listened to a podcast where there's translation, live translation, and it's awkward. I don't know, man. Have you ever done one? I, have you done one six pack? I have done. Um, I had a. A couple times, yeah. I had a, a gentleman from Iran, um, Paimon uh, Mahari from Iran on, and a buddy of mine speaks Farsi, and he came on. So he was live with me mm. and Paimon in Iran, and he's like the Asia's strongest man. He's chasing um, Half Thorn Bjornsson's deadlift record right now. Like, straight, he's a strong man, so he's not a powerlifter. But uh, so we did that, and it was like. Here's here's what's cool about it. You feel like for sure it's not the same flow. I did the same thing with Yuri Belkin, actually. I had a translator. It, it's not the same flow, but it does have – it means something like Paymon said. Like I appreciate the fact that you went out of your way to get a translator mm. so people in the English-speaking world actually hear my story and hear what's going on and hear what we're doing in Iran. He's like, it means something. He's like, you – like I reached out to him because I, I seen what happened. There was like a, in Iran, like he's, he's huge in Iran. Whenever I post him, I'll get like 300 comments from Iranians saying the like, King, King Paymon. And like, they, they, it's a big deal. And I saw some videos 
there was some earthquakes in Iran and some villages that were decimated. And I mean, these people already weren't living great in these specific villages. So what little they had was getting decimated and Paymon showed up in a freaking truck full of supplies in the back, hops out the truck and starts firing off these supplies, blankets, water, food. And these people see this guy who flips cars, pulls planes, is the Iranian champion, the Asian champion, and is like a finalist, the world's strongest man. And it's like Superman hopped off the back of a fucking truck to save the day. And not only is he giving supplies, but it means something when that guy, and he's on television in a suit and, and like, he's like a, a local celebrity. When these people are like, when you're ravaged like that and somebody shows up of that magnitude, it's that fucking belief where you're like, show me a sign, please. And this guy shows up. No one asked. He just showed cause he heard. And it's like, I saw that video and I'm like, I need this guy on the podcast. And, um, in language is a barrier. You, you just, you cross that language. So culturally you get to, people get to dive in and hear this story. And then afterwards, like, you know, he's like, they're so appreciative because they know like the English speaking market is going to be so much bigger than the Farsi market. So it's like, you know, same thing with Belkin where he was like, you know, uh, appreciate, appreciate the fact that you actually thought to reach out, got, went out of your way to get yourself a translator. And you're right though. It's not quite like we're doing right now where I listen to what you're saying, snowball off. You listen to what I'm saying, snowball off. That isn't quite there. However, um, it's just a different way of looking at things. And it's, you know, no, you're right. I don't know. It you're feels right. international. I mean, you actually feel like fuck we did something today. Huh? Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I listened. I listened to an episode with um, with Mariana, um, and they had a translator there. And even though it was, you know, you've got to wait for Mariana to say her bit, then the translator to say their bit, and then the interviewer to say their bit. I, I've got to say, I listened to I listened to the whole thing because you're you're thinking, oh, I've never heard from Mariana before. What's she, what she's going to what's she, she going to say? You know, I'm, I'm, I'll wait the extra thirty seconds. It was interesting, no? But I hear what yeah. you're saying about these internationals, eh? Like, um, just coming crossing over to the bodybuilding world. You know, you got Big Ramy who wins the wins the Olympia. Fuck, he gets a parade when he gets back home to Egypt. You know, he's a national, he's a national fucking hero. Yeah, they just yeah. they put their sports people on. Oh, we put them on pedestals and and where we are, but that's that's next level. They're almost like royalty, aren't they? Well, the thing is too, and I had Mariana as well. I just, that just reminded me we got a translator for that one. So I guess we've done it a few times, but um. Yeah, it is. I would suggest doing it because it is for all the reasons I just lifted. But you're right in terms of some people like I'm in Canada and then just the south of us is U.S. And, uh, you know, you talk to a lot of people in the U.S. and it feels like like they have so many pro sports and we're in a lot of the We share a lot of the same leagues like uh, baseball, like I'm right by Toronto. We have a Toronto league, the same baseball league, the same um, you know, basketball league, the same hockey league. Like we have the same leagues and those sports are so big that what we're doing and like powerlifting strong and stuff like that doesn't necessarily, it, it pales in comparison, to be honest, right? It's kind of a niche sport, but in certain sections of the world, you don't realize it isn't that like these people like can be revered because certain sections of the world, they don't have all those other sports I just mentioned. Like, um, like in Iran, I, the gentleman just passed. It's too bad. He's a bench only and he didn't have use of his legs. He's a Paralympian. And um, Rockman was his last name. And he could, he, with no use of his legs. So he couldn't base out. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say 300 plus, 300 plus uh, bench. 300 kilo plus, 310 yeah. kilo or 305 kilo. I've so 600, 671 pounds for our American friends. Yeah, it, with no use of his legs. 
not even to base out. Like, you, you know, um, even just like when you set up on bench properly to have like a bit, not even an aggressive arch, but a bit of an arch to have tension through the back. Mm. So even if they strap you, because they strap them to, mm. the, to the bench, strapping isn't the same as actually being able to base with your legs to get the hold, to get the, just basing with your legs makes your core tight to make the power drive through the legs, through the core. He had none of that, bro. We're talking, he was Larson pressing. He was yeah. Larson pressing 305 yeah. kilo. Right? They, they make them self-lift out too. They yes. do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, you, dude, it, Paralympic um, bench only are, is so strict. In terms of like what they, their calls, it's like, oh my God, man, the guys, the girls don't have use of their legs and they're like, lift it out yourself. <laughs> you know, they're like, <laughs> I was joking, Box I was pieces. joking around how they're like, I, uh, the, the head judge was like, I didn't care for the part in your hair, son. I'm going to give you a red light. Like, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. It's strict, man. But it's ridiculous. Um, but uh, speaking to him, I, I bring him up because in, in Iran, so this is a para-Olympian. In Iran, they had a fucking statue of that man. Damn. You know, we don't realize how some people like, like a Paralympian in powerlifting, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think for like in the U S you're going to get lost in the fold. It doesn't matter who you are. John Hack will get lost in the fold in in the U S uh, cause they got so many other stars, but in certain parts of the world, you have like statues. And I mean, a massive statue with this guy built in Iran. Like, so certain places it's, it's crazy to hear their story and, and how people react to them. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely, Try to get, you know, get somebody from around the world. And you do feel like, fuck, man, this is international now. This is real international. <laughs> Although we're so international right now, we're in two different days. Yeah, that's what you yeah. You've made it. <laughs> how's, the, that, so, how's the podcast going, Mick? Because I, I've got a confession. Like um, before I got into podcasts, before we got into this podcasting gig, I would listen to maybe a couple of powerlifting podcasts. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of guys in Australia, Thomas Lilly, John Sheridan. Um, there's a bunch of boys over in Perth, Australia. Um, Iron Affinity, listen to them. And then we've got our boy, Alexander Clark, in the UK, listen to him as well. Then I listen to a whole bunch of other, like, true crime podcasts and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I'd love that shit. And I'd, I'd drive for an hour and a half to work either way. So I'm, I'm podcasting all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm driving. I'm thinking. Yeah, I could do this. Yeah, we could do this. We could. We could smash out a powerlifting podcast. There's no other. There's no powerlifting podcast that I know of anyway in New Zealand. There probably are. So, sorry. Shout out, guys, if you are. <laughs> I don't know about you yet. And I'm thinking we could do this. We could do this. Anyway, we get into it, and I'm loving it. And I'm thinking, what else is out there? What else is? Who else is doing a powerlifting podcast? Typing powerlifting into podcasts into Google. Fuck. Everybody's shit. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, everybody. Man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. Here I thought like, we were we were branching out, doing something new. Okay, no, we're just one of many. And then I think, yeah. uh, then, then, then the number one, the number one on the list always comes up, King of the Lifts. And I'm like, who's this King of the Lifts? Let's type it in. Oh, fuck. Who is this King of the Lifts? <laughs> who's this King of the Lifts, eh? Well, are they any? Oh, are they like us? Oh, no, no, no. Guilty, guilty. Oh. I'm like, whoa. And I start listening. I'm thinking, oh, shit, this guy's good. This, this guy. Oh, thank you, sir. This guy is next level. And I'm thinking, I said, Jax, we got to up our game. Because King of the Lifts well, is next level. Dude, well, thank this, you very much. I, I, so the other night, so we watched the fucking, I don't know if you've seen it, the internship with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. And they like oh, yeah. go for an internship at Google. And then so one of the tasks they have to do is make an app. And Vince Vaughn's busy sitting there telling them about like this uh, <laughs> thing where you can take a picture and then instantly post it online to your friends and write a wee caption. And all the kids that he's working with are like, yeah, dude, that's Instagram. And, and, and uh, he's like, no, 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 this is different. This is different. This is you take a picture instantly and put it online. And we'll get it. It's just, 
no, no, we're going to call it Exchangergram. And this is literally like Greg <laughs> talking about powerlifting fucking podcasts. Yeah. Every man that's like, who the fuck's kicking the lifts? Everyone is doing powerlifting oh, no, podcasts. I know, yeah, no shit. I'm going to edit that out, but uh, no, that was... <laughs> no, don't edit. Do, don't edit. Do you guys edit? I never really... The, like I, uh, In all I the podcasts the we've done... End. Do you? Okay. Oh, do you, oh, you edit the beginning and end, do you? Oh, Dude, just, we're, just we're the beginning time, man. We've got an intro. Yeah, I put in an intro. I mean, do you ever take stuff out or shit like that? Oh. Uh, <laughs> what have you taken out? Only, only twice. Only twice. Uh, we had this one guest. Uh, I don't want to go. I don't want to name any names. We had this one guest, and Jackson starts asking about, you know, where, where does that name come from? Where does that name come from? Is that like a, you know, is that like a. Oh, come epic? on, man. It was legit. <laughs> And I'm thinking, bro, where are you going with this line of questioning, man? Like, you know. Oh, no, that's fair. Yeah, I, I took okay. it out. I took it out. And then I, I should have taken out. We had an interview with, with Gracie V. Um, and I wish I'd taken it out now. But the, right at the very end, because um, her, her husband, yeah, husband's out yeah, husband, deployed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for some fucking dumb reason, I said, good luck getting your husband back. I don't know why I said that. I mean, good luck. I, I meant to say <laughs> all the best. You know, and reuniting with your husband. I know he's on good. deployment, but for some dumbass reason, I said, good luck. And good luck like, getting Good luck, and I'm thinking. He's, and he's yeah. like deployed in the Middle East. I was he's like, deployed, eh? Greg, I'm thinking, all right. What did you we, just we say? Been, Gracie, Gracie not back on. She's not coming back on. <laughs> that was, she's like, not she's sure like, what to do with that. Like, Oh, thanks, thanks. Oh, what, what am I? What am I going to Liam Neeson taking this situation? <laughs> what do you mean? Get, uh, good luck no, I should have edited it, but I'm like, what did I say that for? Uh, no, this is that's a moment now. You can't edit it. That's a no. moment. Uh, yeah, I've I've only very few times have I had to edit something where afterwards a guest. I think like like literally a handful of times have been like, can you take out this one piece where I said this mm. and. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's, I like to just whatever it is, what it is, man, just pop it in there. You know, I, I throw an introduction on it and, um, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I it, that's the podcast I listen to don't sound overly edited. Actually, they're like almost never. No. That's part of it. It's the rawness of it, right? Yeah. No, we love it. We love it. Well, I, f- I feel like if you do, it, it just, it becomes that more like, like an interview. All right. So where were you born? What date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what minute? You know, like, and then, like, <laughs> you know, and then, and then it's like, there's no, there is no conversation because those stuff ups are like are part of conversation. You know, like you're trying to get your thing across, they're not getting what you're saying. That was that's yeah. my situation with that, Greg. You motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we um, with this line of questioning. I'm like, who wants to know where he's born? What his ethnicity is? And I'm like, bro, this, you don't want to go down this. Don't go. Don't go down this path, eh? <laughs> I was pure. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, especially like with international lifters, sometimes it is interesting. Mm. But um, yeah, it depends. <laughs> depends <laughs> when you're allowed to touch on it, how it comes across. Well, the only right. time I mean, we always ask, hey, like, what what can we cover? What can't we cover? Um, I think the only time we ever got feedback on that was from Brandon Allen. He didn't want to talk about anything to do with. Uh, like Black Lives Matter because uh, it was hot at the moment at the moment in the US. He didn't want to cover it. We were like, we we're like, bro, we don't know anything about it anyway. So that that's not our cup of tea anyway. So that's cool. We're just going to talk about you. So he yeah. was cool with well, that. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, fair enough. If someone comes on, like, I don't want to talk about the US election. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
We were booking Brendan Allen for the U.S. election feedback. Yeah. <laughs> when are you running for president, sir? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were we were didn't want your political views or climate control or we'll be good. We'll be good. Yeah. But I do know. I guess like with that, it was depending on when you had him booked. Uh, it was like everywhere. You know, there there's yeah. some, here's the thing with lockdown. Are you guys still in lockdown? No, no, no. no we had um, we had two lockdowns and what are we had two lockdowns in 2020. For about three or four weeks each, Jackson. Do you remember? We, we had we had the big one, which was like eight weeks. That was eight, eight weeks. weeks of just like you fucking stay at home, mate. You know, mm, like yeah. everyone just stays at home, and then got let back out, and it was all good. And then we had, yeah, had I want to say we had a couple of localized ones in Auckland. Yeah, two in my city. Two yeah. in my city. A week. One was a week. I think, or well, three days. The other one was a week. Yeah, uh, and that's and that's been it for us. So eh? we've been lucky, eh? Like we. There was there was shit going on all through 2020. It wasn't to the same extent, but you know, competitions were still happening. So, yeah. Oh, okay, that's. Not but you guys, you we, guys, next level, eh? You can't even. Can you even go to the park? We are still locked down. We can go to the park, um, but it's like essential businesses are open. Man, mm. it, it's so slow goings to get vaccines, and yeah, man, it's it's tough. So, and I have found. During this time, for some reason, like the last, it started in 2020 and now it's carrying over, feels like in 2021, but people are a whole lot more like touchy, quick to get pissed, and things feel different right now. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. Have you, so, have you noticed that too? I've noticed it at yeah. work too. People are a lot more tenser, right? Everyone's, they call it the, the COVID hangover, right? It's, we're calling it the COVID hangover. Well, we're still in the drunk phase over here. <laughs> yeah. like, we're still deep, deep locked down but i think when when people are kind of back to a somewhat normal like there's a ufc on tonight um and it's in florida and i'm told they're gonna have full-on like pack stadium style with no mat you can if you want to wear a mask you wear a mask you don't like this is florida man florida's wow. florida's loose wow, wow that's the wild i know they're in the east side but that's the wild wild west out there in terms of like the regulations so um i wonder what life is like over there how people are. Cause I think when people start being able to like go back to normal life, you get a little more loosened up, mm. but the more locked up you are and the more isolated you feel. And then the more time you have to think about little things and the more you're on your phone and social media, cause you're not outside busy with life. Mm. All right. All right. Well now you're going to get into other people's shit a little too much, right? Yeah. My wife, <laughs> <A little> too- <laughs> my, my wife does a weekly call with the family in the UK and like just until recently, cause they've been locked up till uh, recently and they would, and, and she, they would say, so, you know, what are you up to? And she would say, oh, not much. She didn't want to say. She didn't want to say what she was up to because it was like she was rubbing it in their face. I'm like, no, they probably mm. wouldn't hear it. But she didn't want to say. She wanted to say, we're, we're at the park. We're going to concerts. We're going to restaurants. Holy and, shit. And they're like, and they're like, yeah, no, just another day. Stuck at home. Yeah, just doing my thing. You know, she'd be like, well, yeah. About the same, about the same. <laughs> I admit, I can't, like, I can't even picture going to a park or a restaurant or concerts or like, uh, I mean, we go to parks. We're allowed to go to like the dog park, walking one. I just mean like a, a park if there was like an event there and everyone's there, like there's no mm, way, no, nothing you know, either. or like restaurants or even walking around in like the mall or something. We, I can't picture going to the movie theater, man. It's been forever. Damn, like, I, yeah. yeah, man, it's been too damn long, but um so hey, how you been holding up? So you been all good? Cause good, yeah. I mean, I got a day job. I got um, King of Lifts. Like the podcast helps because I talk to people like every single week. Mm. So 
that's huge, man. Like we don't, now even at work, like I work from home and like, I used to see people every freaking day, you know, and now you're just like, you're working from home and you don't see people. And, um, I don't know, I'm a social dude. So I get a lot from social interaction. So that's why the podcast was a big deal for me to be able to like sit down and talk to people and, um, you know, shoot the shit. And so that's where social media, I know some people rag on social media, but it ain't all bad, man, because you are connected with people. Yeah. It makes a difference. Yeah. It definitely makes a difference. Yeah. How are you guys how do you guys liking it? Like well, like the podcast in terms of that. Meeting oh. people, talking to people. Jackson, you start, man. Oh dude, I I love it. I'm a yarner. Like what so this someone said to we were training the other day and like this uh one of the girls was like, Oh, Jackson, you're such a snob. You snobbed me the other day. And my training partner Jamie's like, That's definitely not Jackson. He'll literally talk to anyone anywhere like in the middle of the street he definitely didn't snob you he just didn't see you <laughs> you know like so i i just love it man we used to sit down have a yarn you know like and when we, when we started and it was sort of like oh you're gonna just sit down and talk to someone for like 90 minutes i was like oh that it sounds daunting but then like we did our first one and i was like all right jackson you can do your intro all right 51 minutes later you know, like <laughs> introduce yourself, brother. Yeah, yeah. fifty-one minutes. <clears throat> but like, fucking episode on you. <laughs> yeah, like it's not actually that long. Like nah. when it's, especially when it's like, like say three dudes like this. Like we're all coming together over like a common interest. You know, it's not like, but but we still all have different perspectives. Like you say, like you're in mm. Canada, your situation is entirely different to us, so it is interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, so I I, I love it. I don't, I don't know about you, uh, six pack A, eh? but I, I mean, we we talk about the powerlifting, you know, no doubt. We talk about the lifts, we talk about the history, um, but 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 you know what I really love is, is the stories, eh? The stories that people tell um, <clears throat> about the, you know, their past, what got them into powerlifting, because often it's, um, I don't know about you, Jackson, eh, or six, but I don't know about you, but there's, there's, there could be a lot of tra- traumatic experiences that lead people down the path into powerlifting. I don't know if that's a sport thing. Or a powerlifting thing, but um, you know, we we seem to come across some some real heartbreaking stories uh, more often than not. Eh? Like one of my favorite episodes was a was a young guy, um, Chris Kennedy, lift over here, IPF lift over here, um, and he was he was he was addicted to meth. Uh, he was on the street, and um, he um, he knew he knew that all he could do to save his life was to get put away. So he he knew that if he didn't find help and he didn't know about any kind of programs all he knew was that prison was going to be his only option so he purposely went out and committed a crime that he knew would get him about three to five years because he thought three to five years is what i need to clean up and so he went and he went and robbed a, a small store um and he knew that he he had to do more than just um robert he had to had to be aggravated so he had to take a weapon in uh so he took a weapon and robbed the store he got his three to five years um he on his first day, uh, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's a 72 kilo lifter. It was 72, 74s, 74s, 74s. So he's not a big guy. So he had, he had all these big gang gang members come up to him in, 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 on his first day in, in prison and say, "Bro, you want to come work out?" And that's a story about how he got into lifting. These gang members said, "Come and come and work out with us." And three hours later, he was throwing up. Um, and uh, they called him Chucky after that, but he loved it. He said, from that day forth, I loved it. And that's, that's his origin story for getting into lifting. And, and honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here on, on my seat going, wow, 
You know, I had no idea. I, you, just, you, you see these guys, you see, them, you see them lifting, you think, that's a good lifter, we'll get him on the podcast. And then you get these real stories. And it's like, wow, yeah. wow, man, I had no idea, right? Hey, this, is, this is really deep. You know, and I was, uh, I was stunned. I actually had uh, Chris on, on the King of List podcast. Oh, you did? And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And he was, uh, it's like when he was, yeah, he's got a hell of a story. And when he was um, in prison, he actually started, like, they almost had like a little mini fight club. Like where they would just train to fight and he, and it's like, what the fuck are you, what? And he goes, yeah, man, we just like, we get in shape and like box and just fist fight. And like, you just spar, like, what do you mean spar? You had gloves. Nah, man, we just fought. You just just fucked each other up. Yeah. But but he's like a nice guy and, and, uh, but you're in prison, right? Like it is what it is. And, um, and he's a good lifter too. I know you mean where like, sometimes I'll have topics like recently, obviously everything going on with the USAPL, IPF, and like, um, you know, if something's going on in powerlifting, I'll have a preview show leading into a big competition, a recap show after a competition. I'll do stuff like that specific, but I also do love a good background story. And um, some of the ones that stuck out for me in was probably the most powerful one I've ever had was um, CC Ingram at the time oh, yeah. CC Holcomb. Yeah. And um I I had messaged her. I messaged a lot of times I'll message people like is there any questions you think I should ask you that a story that you want me to bring up. And she said um ask me why I started weightlifting. I was like okay, probably that's a fair enough question. That's I don't a legit question. Yeah, yeah. Right. So then next day I see her we're looking at each other just like this and I asked her so CC why did you start weightlifting? And she goes, when I was 13, I was held down on a couch and raped mm. brutally. And I thought, I never want anybody to be able to overpower me like that again. And what happened to her was monstrous, and she created a monster. Now, good luck trying to... Trying to what was your next question you know, after that? Yeah, what, what, where did you go? I remember listening to the podcast. I, I knew that was coming, and I'm still sitting here like, holy shit, he's going to fucking... Brother, I did... Here's the thing. I did not know. <laughs> no. I, I didn't know. So I was... When it happened live, I hadn't heard her on any other podcast yet. She had just... She was like a star overnight with the fir- that her mm. Kern... Mm. Um, and this is good timing because Kern's on right now. Kern's but on her running. first... Yeah, Kern's on right now. Her first... Uh, appearance at Kern, she won it and destroyed at it and was like phenomenal in like star overnight over like she went in there with like 2000 followers and got like 10,000 by the time the weekend was over. And then God oh. knows how many after that. Um, Cause she did so well. So her background story wasn't really well known yet. And I'm like, I got to book her immediately had her on there, but without knowing when she dropped, when, when that happens to you and someone looks you now and is telling you that, and then you're just like, Holy fuck. I had people reach out to me and be like, you didn't know what to say for the first. Like, usually I always got some. Like, <laughs> You're never speechless, brother. You're never speechless. Didn't, didn't know what to say there, did you, brother? I was like, man, uh, right. where do you go? Where do you, where do you, um, yeah, what's the next question after that? That was, uh, I mean, we just dove into it a little bit, right? Like when someone, here's the thing. Someone wouldn't bring it up if they didn't want to talk about it. That's what I tell myself. If they bring it up, they want to talk about it. They, they want to. So it's like, this is something I, sometimes I've had people that coast on, um, and they'll like shy away. If something big happens. Like, Oh, I just wasn't sure if they wanted as like brother, they know what they're doing. They're adults. If they bring it up, you got to dive in because somebody's listening to this. 
that went through a sexual assault, went through some, like, I know it's tough to talk about. You have to get over your own insecurity and uncomfortableness about certain topics. And if, if it's brought up, they'll let you know if they want to back off and they'll change subject or the whatever. You can yeah. tell their answers, but you got to lean in. And that's what I've, I've noticed with like podcasts. There's been a couple of times I've had people on, um, especially like, like on the women, they've said like, I, I was, I was molested. I was raped and stuff like that. And when it comes up, your knee jerk reaction is you're uncomfortable and you're not sure if they're uncomfortable and you think you want to change the subject, but they know they recognize they came on a platform, a big one, and they're throwing out a signal for anybody listening and they're brave enough to do it. So you honor them by asking follow-up questions mm. and, and reading the play and let them tell their story. And I know my knee-jerk reaction initially when I first started, like just normally, I'm just not, before you start doing podcasting and you're a normal dude, people just don't open up to you about shit like that, that you don't know. They have no reason to. There's no reason someone you've never met, you know, I didn't know CC before. There's no reason why someone like that would open up to you. So mm. you would get uncomfortable in your day-to-day if that happened. And you, when you first start putting yourself in these situations, you will get uncomfortable. But you have to hang in there and realize it's bigger than you. People are listening and the person knows what they're doing. They brought it up. You have to do what you have. You know, you got to go in and mm. ask follow-up questions and, and – uh, and that's it, man. So the first time with CC was tough because I hadn't had, I think that might've been the first time was that. But by the time I had like Sophia Ellis from the UK, a junior uh, 72 kilo lifter, and she went into like, she was molested. Um, she was suicidal. She had a eating disorder, um, the whole nine. And then like, we hung in there for like 40 minutes talking about it. Mm. Like how, like when she was in the hospital and she was like, you know, the whole nine. It's okay, man. And you start, like you learn from it. And then when you post that, the DMs you're going to get from people who listened, you know, and be like, it means more, man. It means, it means a lot. You don't know. Some people are listening and they're like, you fucking did some good there. I was like, I didn't do shit. She's the brave one. Mm. I just, uh, you know what I mean? Don't give me nothing. Whoever is on the other side is the brave one. That's happened a few times since. And I honestly think um, if you hold yourself in a certain way that people hear these stories and they, they hear it on your podcast and they feel comfortable with you. People listen to podcasts after a while and in a certain way, they feel like they know you. So when they talk to you, I realize it's for the first time I'm talking to them, but it's not for the first time they've heard me. Mm. So they'll be more comfortable with me than I realize. And mm. when they, and they might be like, I'm comfortable talking to this individual about this topic that happened to me because he's done it before and he handled it <laughs> with you know some respect and it was okay yeah yeah but yeah. um there are other podcasts where you're like i might not go on when brendan ellen had that podcast god bless him he might might be you know you might you might not be the dude you're gonna get into uh some deep topics uh but uh <laughs> you know god bless him that's but that, um it's funny how you mentioned um that because you know i obviously you know i drive to work and i i hear and i hear you in the car like you know maybe twice a week because i'm going back and listening to old episodes you know you get to the point where i'm like yeah, I mean, six back, you know, we go, we go way back, you know. I, <laughs> so when, I, when I got you on, I'm like, bro, it's been, it's been a while, eh? How you doing? It's been a while. <laughs> a while. You ask me questions. It's been a while, brother. Yeah. <laughs> talk, talk last week, but I'm thinking, you don't know me from a bar of soap, but I, you know, because I listen to you in the car, I think, well, I know that, I, 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 well, I think, yeah, I think I know this guy, you know, I know a little bit yeah. about him. So we were like old friends. <laughs> well, it is like a, you already know how they talk and how they joke around and how they whatever. So it's easier, right? To, to a large extent. The, 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 um, <clears throat> it's interesting when you show up, 
so I do like the commentating at the IPF worlds. And when you show up there, like in my day to day, it doesn't super, you're not going to meet a lot of people who are in the powerlifting community. But when you show up at like um, the worlds, it's, it's only like, it's the powerlift, the world's powerlifting community met up at one particular city and just like, boom, we're all in the same hotels. We're all in the same, whatever. And that's when it gets interesting when you're like seeing people that you would see in social media that like, it's all like, Holy shit. We all, we're all in the same spot. You're sharing an elevator with people and they're all talking different languages. And, um, and that's when you start meeting people that might've heard a lot of your background story. And you're like, this is kind of, this is definitely different, but it's going to happen to you fellas too. Mm. I mean, it is what it is. So the last time you um, did, you commentate the twenty nineteen IPF yes. Worlds. Yeah, you that competed. was the last. Com- that was the last time, was it? Yeah, I competed as well. That's right. That's right. And I'm not overly optimistic. There's going to be another one this year, but I mean, just looking at right now, it's scheduled for Belarus, which is. Um, <laughs> You know, they're yeah. in upheaval. Oh, I wanted to ask you about that, brother. I'm like, Belarus? I mean, what did, could they have chosen a, another place? I mean, I know it's why uh, is it going to be in Belarus, you know, of all the places? It's, it, it's in upheaval. I, I don't know about the COVID. I mean, there's not a lot of good places, unfortunately, with COVID and lockdowns. Like most um, – New Zealand. Tr- well, yeah, New Zealand. There you go. I, I mean, I would love to go to New Zealand. Come on, in. Me? I would, Come on in. We let, yeah, I know. We let the Wiggles in. We let anybody in at the moment. You know? Yeah, we've got the Wiggles and fucking Lion King and shit coming. Yeah, we've got Lion King. <laughs> yeah, I'd be game. I mean, I don't know. The thing is, moving an event um, that size, I think, is it's 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 huge. And um, it's probably very difficult. And then it's tough because I think the meet the records, which which I feel bad for, this, if this gets canceled, it's not officially canceled yet for anybody listening. This isn't, you know, but you it looks like, right. You hear it here first. first. He just said it's canceled. <laughs> breaking news. Um, but uh, if it does get canceled two years in a row, I don't know what it's like. These meet directors have like the arena, the hotels, like what kind of money they're going to lose mm. with all of like the equipment and everything. And like, I don't know, man, doing it two years in a row, he would be like, fuck my life. This is, you know, yeah. I need to get my money back. I think that's why when it got canceled the first year, I, I don't know. I'm not privy to any of this, but um, they might've been like, all right, let's try to give it to him again the next year because he probably took lost some, made some losses. Mm. And then, but if it happens two years in a row, again, they might just be like, we're moving on then we're not going to, it won't be Belarus again. Mm. Um, Cause Belarus had it in 2017 as well. Mm. I wouldn't oh, mind. F- yeah, man. I wouldn't mind seeing some other places, man. The world's a big place. Belarus. Hey, that'd be exciting. Yeah, that's a quick turnaround, man, especially for like a, a federation that has as many members as the IPF to go back to the yeah. same place four years later, three years later. Yeah. That's, that's a quick oh. turnaround. Yeah, man, they got 130 member nations. That's crazy. 130 yeah. men out. We got it. Like, God, yeah, New Zealand man's beautiful. Let's go. Let's let's let's, 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 yeah. let's 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 see some places that are beautiful and like. Miss LA. Uh, like, uh, it's tough to be a powerlifter, international powerlifter in New Zealand, even in Australia. It's tough to be a bodybuilder in New Zealand and Australia because all the competitions mm. you got to go, you got to go to the Northern Hemisphere, you got to go to the US, you got to go to Europe. Um, the strong, the big strongman comps, they're all in the you know they're in Europe and the US and so forth. So it's tough to be an athlete down here. You know, not a lot comes down our way. Like the biggest competitions we have down our way um, are not the IPF ones, are, are things like Big Dogs and Pro yeah. Raw, you know. And so you can see the attraction because I'm mean, obviously powerlifting, 
no one's making a ton of money out of piloting, you know, especially, I mean, we don't make a thing out of piloting out of this podcast, but as an athlete, you know, you're not, you're not making a lot of money. You spend a lot of money on, on yourself, on your own equipment and on, you know, be living the lifestyle. But as an athlete, you know, just traveling to the US or the UK is a big expense. You know, it's tough. It's not easy. And, and obviously time zone change, like you guys are a, an entirely different day than me right now. So when you fly to the other side of the world, like you lose a day, you go back a day, like your body, it's weird. Yeah, you go, but you're literally time traveling. It's freaking, <laughs> it's freaking crazy. Um, that's why Brett Gibbs, the year that he won, he actually won uh, in Canada. Like he won a couple times, but. When he won in Canada and beat Russell Orhe in 2018 Worlds, when Canada was holding it, and it's even further west than like in terms of time zone, it's like another hour over. Um, but it, that's why whenever someone complains about like time zone changes and whatever the shit, I'm like, man, we got you look at some of these people from New Zealand and Australia and mm, what they yeah. deal with, and they win, and like nobody brings that up. Like, well, I wasn't feeling so great. All right. You lost to a guy who traveled the world. He went back in time to meet you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> that's right. He's back to the future. He hops on the plane and goes back to the fucking future with the gold medal. Like, come on, man. Uh, yeah. He doesn't catch a break, but I would love to see a little more. I mean, I would love to like go to somewhere in Asia, like Japan or like, I think yeah. one of the championships coming up is Mongolia, which would be – I love – man, I'm a history buff, man. I love listening to, like, hardcore history and stuff like that. So a place with culture – North. here's the thing with North America, a building's 200 years old, and we're like, holy shit, that's so old. But same, in yeah. other places of the world, yeah, is it the same? Yeah. Well, I mean, so, New Zealand was, like, the Europeans only got here in, like, 1838. Okay. Definitely, I mean, I think yeah, someone sailed past in the 1700s uh, and maybe landed, but you know, we weren't colonized until the 1800s, and mm. so you get buildings, you get a building over here that 100 years old, and you think, wow, I right. like, damn, it's 100 years old. You get a building that's 50 years old, and you think, damn, you know, they're not whereas, you know, when I, when I go back to the UK and see my wife's family, and you've got things that are 500, a thousand, or 2,000 years mm. old, it's like, wow. Yeah. But then you've got places like Egypt where things are, you know, 5,000 years old. Yeah. It's like, wow, we've got, we got no idea, man. That's, that's, that's some real history going on there, you know? That broke conspiracy, like, bro. That two years old. It's fucking the pyramids, the aliens built. Oh, no, oh, here we go. Oh, this is a conspiracy podcast. Here we go. That's the real reason we got you on. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Earth is flat. Oh, no. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, please discuss. Uh, please discuss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it took a little bit of warming up, but you got me. We got you, man. Um, we got you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, no, in Canada, like obviously the natives here before didn't have structures that were like like lasting structures they're almost like um you know it wasn't like they're building buildings so to speak right so that we don't have structures like that so the structure again kind of like yourselves it sounds like where when the europeans came and settled they started building structures and that was around the same timeline late 1800s so when we look at like structures like all the structures like 200 years old it's like oh my god that's insane mm. but when i we go to like um I was in Italy. I was doing, <laughs> all right, well, there's some stories. We can, we can get into storytelling and, and origin stories, but let me tell you this. So I was in Italy for the Guinness World Record show. And, um, well, here we go. Yeah, there's some the oranges. Yeah. yeah. yeah I just, just, just mentioned all... that I was on the Guinness World Record show. I didn't yeah. know if you guys knew, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Take us back. But, but, uh, so one of the girls that was like, um, 
not like a, she was like an assistant on set, but she would also like take us around. I don't know if she had to, but she did take, took me and my buddy into the city and whatnot for like dinner drinks, like her and a couple of friends and like, we're showing us buildings and stuff. And, sounds um, like a date, bro. You know what? It wasn't. A date. <laughs> I don't think this was part of her job part, but it wasn't a date. But anyways, um, so <laughs> so then we're she was showing us buildings, and she thought impressing us was let me show you this section, and it's like the modern, chic fashion section, and I'm like, all right, but like I'm like oh, whatever. I, I mean. I could go to Toronto for like the shopping sections. Like, and then I'm like, we want to see like your churches. And she was like a church. And I'm like, these are 2000 year old churches. It sounds weird, but I'm like, you don't understand, man. We're from a culture that's so young. Like I got you. I don't care about the modern chic, whatever. Show me your shopping sector. I want to see like the history. So they almost like not quite take it for granted, but when you grow up in like Italy, you know, the Coliseum in these buildings, it's not the same, man. But when you come from Canada and you've never seen anything like it, I'm like an oh, I'm like touching the side of this building like people 2,000 years ago carved this. And she's like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening right now with this guy? I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not religious, but she's like, you know, take me to, I'm taking me to your church. It's, uh, <laughs> it is, she's like, I'm literally <laughs> <laughs> a weirdo of the side of the church feeling and just taking the fucking aura in. She goes, she goes to talk to me. Like, Shh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you, man. I feel you. When I went to, um, my last trip back to the UK, we went to Wales and, um, we went up to this, uh, uh, I think it was called Shepstone Castle. Um, and it's like a thousand fifteen hundred years old. You know, I'm walking around, and I end up in, and you're just touching the walls, going, Man, "This is this is so cool." I end up in the what they would have been the equivalent of a toilet, and I, and and it, and it's it's got a um, the hole the holes where the seat is the hole just drops down the side of a cliff. So I'm thinking, I hate, I hate to be the poor bastard down the bottom there, but I'm thinking, I'm in a fucking I'm in a thousand year old toilet. This is where they went for a shit. This is fucking amazing. And you look around, and you think there's so much history here. We <laughs> yes, so much history. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'm about to contribute to history right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> somewhat of a historian myself. I'm like, I need to go. <laughs> I do need to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah some somebody's oh, having oh, dinner, oh. talking so, talking about dinner, and, and talking about like a church they saw. And you're like, you know. What time I took a shit? <laughs> <laughs> a thousand-year-old toilet. A thousand-year-old thousand toilet. If you, you know. Yeah. But uh, well, if you're yeah, the same, an archaeologist. I'm your man. Yeah. <laughs> we've got the same thing here, though. Like you know, we can go to a shopping mall, and and there, you know, I've been with 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 my job. I've been I've been around the world in, in different countries, and the shopping malls to me all look the same. Like uh, you know, sorry to all the all the shopping mall people out there and fans and so forth. They, but they look listening. They look the fucking same to me, eh? And I know in the US and Canada, you guys do. It's it's always bigger, 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 bigger. Hey, bigger is best. They get pretty big. Bigger, and I'm sure big. I'm sure whatever you got in, in Canada and the US is is going to be bigger than what they got in Italy anyway. So I can, you know, you're not going to get impressed by that. Eh? You want to go and see the real thing, the Colosseum. You know, you want to see yeah. where, where these where these where these guys have were getting chased by lions and chariots and you know, <laughs> spilling yeah. blood. I uh, talking about all shopping malls the same. Talking about Belarus. Um, when I was in Belarus, the, one of the big, like the, in 2017, the big thing I was most shocked about was how like kind of semi-normal it felt. In ter- like, I just, I don't know what kind of expectations I had, but then you get there and you see like teenage high school kids clustered dressed 
like, you know, cool. And like at the mall, you go to the mall and you see them, like they're all laughing and doing their, and you're like, they're the fucking kids. Like, this is just like back at home at the mall, hanging out. And you're in the, you know, you walk in my storefronts and they got like mannequins with the latest fashions you go to. It's like, this is, I don't know what I expected. Yeah. It's a shopping mall. It is what it is. Like people are the, the same kids. everywhere. Like you, you build certain things up in your head, but when you get there, you're like, oh, people are people, right? There's, there's like a lot of, you have more in common with the more, this is what I liked. You have more in common with people than, than you think, right? You're not like at the core when you actually sit down and get to know them. It, there's a lot in common that you have. But there are little things that are like a little different. Mm. Um, like there was some reminders. Like I like there, I saw tanks in the street, not very often, mm. but you would like once there was tanks, and mm. you're like, okay, well that's different. Um, and you every now and then you could see a military person um, in military fatigues. That's a little different, but it wasn't common. It wasn't like all over the streets or something. But um, yeah, I mean that's one of the biggest things that like with what I'm able to do in terms of the commentary, like I love like powerlifting and the actual job itself, but um, it's like traveling and seeing the world, man, and being, here's the craziest thing. So this is like, obviously just a part-time gig. You're doing it once a year for the IPF world championships. But for the, like the first time when I was on a plane and about to fly out to commentate and the first time I ever commentated, it's the craziest shit. Uh, This will never happen again because I, the door is closed behind me after this happened, not because of anything I did, but I just reached out to Gaston, who's the IPF president, directly and said, hey. Um, Does anyone do that? Yeah, well, I mean, now it's probably more difficult, but I, I did. And I was like, I want to become a member of your media team and I have a bunch of ideas and here's a bunch of, I gave him like an elevator pitch and an email. Like God knows even if you read it all, but it was, it, uh, and then he just emailed the one lady who was in charge of, of the media team saying, this is Ryan and he's going to be joining the media team. I'm like, holy shit, I'm on the fucking IPF media team now. And this is when I started King of the Lifts and um, I had these ideas for social media. And um, I was starting King of Lifts and I started taking on the IPF media page. And um, so the ideas I had, like obviously ended up working, right? Um so like King of the List started taking off and like, they were like, okay, fuck, this is working. And they were, they were appreciative. Like Ryan, wow, it worked out for him. But then I remember early goings, like a few months in, I was now I'm in the chain of emails internally with the IPF, which is a massive global body. And I'm like, holy fuck, man, this, this sounds like, am I even over my head? What the hell am I doing right now? And you know, you're like, you know, you get imposter syndrome, <laughs> yeah, syndrome yeah. real quick. We're like, what am I doing reading these emails? I, and then an email comes in and they're like, all right, we're, we're booking people for the commentary for the live stream. And they'll get like, you know, you see clips and there's like over a million views and shit like that. And, and it's live, right? Damn. So it's, you can't fuck up or say fuck. And I put in the, co- in the email, I'm like, I'd like to hop on there if, if I may. And they they just shot back. All right, cool. Ryan slotted anyone else? And they're going through like that. And I was like, holy shit, they're not vetting me. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, never, <laughs> I've never done this before. Yeah. Not at a local level, not a Canadian nationals, period. I've mm-hmm. never, I, at the time, had never commentated before in my life. Wow. And they're like, okay, we got Ryan and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> I'm like, all right. So they fucking book my flights. 
they book my hotels and they're like, okay, we're going to fly you in. Here's the itinerary. We're going to do some interviews. Here's the athlete interviews you're going to handle. You know, we go live on and I'm like, what the fuck? What if I just, <laughs> I'm like, I don't I'm know what I'm doing, bro. I just like, this is like a movie where some guy, you know, those comedy movies, some guy talked his way in on something. And then, so I'm on a plane and I'm about to go. And my buddy's like, what are you doing right now? What do you, what do you mean? You got like two weeks off work. It's like a two week long event every day, like six hours a day for two weeks straight. And I'm like, they're like, what are you us? I go, I, I guess I'm a, professional sports broadcaster now they're like since when (laughs) (laughs) what do you fucking mean since when i'm like i just fucking threw an email out there bro i don't know man i'm riding on my i don't know riding this wave i don't know what's gonna happen um so it's wild man like just flying so ever since things worked out okay and then um yeah ever since you got called out at one point that way you got asked by someone that you were about to commentate with that did did you get asked did he say to you You've done this before, brother? You've done this before? And you had to go through this. <laughs> Did you have to come clean them? No, wait, yo, that's right. Okay. Yes. So what happened when this is, so I fly in. I fly in. Research, Jackson. Like, research. Yeah, this is a research. This is a great does my man. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my man knows what he's so um yeah, this is episode this is episode 30 right now. You know <laughs> Joe Wiley veteran. This is an episode two. Um yeah, so we were, I'm with like the IPF media crew and these guys are like from all over the world and um, I'm definitely nervous as shit, but I'm trying to act confident and be like, be normal, act cool, act, act like you're supposed to be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> do, do that. So we're coffee, all coffee. Out. Yep. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Come on. That's makeup. Where's your makeup? Where's makeup? I need uh, makeup. I need a o'clock in the morning. Here, That's man. right. I need to damp my forehead. Um, so <laughs> we're out. We're out getting groceries, and we haven't gone on the air yet. This is like the first because we're going to be there for a couple of weeks, and um, we're waiting in line. And Martin Flett, who was uh, he did he doesn't do it now, but previously this was actually the last IPF Worlds he would do, 2016, and previously he was like the main lead. And um, we're waiting in line. He's like, so like, tell me a little bit about you. Cause this is the first time I, I see you on the team. Like, um, so how many is you done? Do you like doing, are you the color commentary, which is like the co or you do, do you do the lead? Um, do you prefer doing the lead? Do you want to go back and forth doing the lead and co and, and, and switch up on those roles? And there are like specific roles you have to do and tasks you do per role like there's there's like reasons why he's asking and i'm did you, like did you know this beforehand or you just go dog, I, I, i'm like i'm, I'm easy brother I'm easy, hey, yeah. <laughs> listen i'm easy can you imagine that was my bullshit answer i'm easy whatever i'm easy what no i was <laughs> that's good just that's the good answer right there hey, whatever whatever what do you feel yeah. but um i was like learn, son. that's the way you see it I, i'm like i'm about to get well i sure sure shit wasn't going to take the lead so i was like uh i'm about to get exposed right fucking now like, I don't know how to answer. I don't even know what he's asking me. I don't know what these <laughs> roles entail. So I just came clean. And I was like, um, man, I'm going to be honest, man. I've never done this before. <laughs> he goes, what the fuck do you mean, man? We're going live tomorrow, son. This is the world's watching. This isn't the locals. And I'm like, fuck, man. I ain't done I the locals like, either. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm like, I haven't done a local show either, man. They'd the probably be better well. qualified. I was like, well, they'll be better qualified if you got someone who did the local. So <laughs> I was like, oh. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. It's okay. So Martin Flett, I'll forever be in, indebted to him. He's like, we stayed up that night, had a couple of drinks, 
um, and where he just broke it down to me, like the roles, what you do, the pacing of um, everything to do with commentary. And he's like, listen, one of the, it, it's more prevalent now. Here's one of the things I notice sometimes when I hear people do commentary, like a lifter, they'll approach it like they're doing a podcast. But if you listen to live sports, it is nothing like a podcast. Don't get too loose. Don't get too, like, it's not that though, right? And there, or like, you're not, it's not like social media. It's not mm. like YouTube. It's not like, so some people think, like, we bring in lifters sometimes to do co, and um, they don't understand. So, like, the lead, anyways, you're just, some of the key points of your job. Every single time a lifter hits the platform, you, you have to say his name, the weight, her name, the weight. Maybe even throw up to what nation she represents. And, and that's important to keep that flow. Then you kick it over to the co-commentary and, um, and you're like, what do you think? Okay. Well, and you have, and you'll pull up some of the stats. If this is a world, whatever, right. If this is a world record she's going for, he's going for, and you, and you go back and forth, the co-commentary, throw it back to what's happening. And you have to say what you're seeing. And then other people sometimes as well want to approach it as um, like, it's not a seminar either. Like it's not a squat seminar. So some people want to flex on like when you have a, that's why it's okay to have a co-commentary. If they're a lifter, they don't necessarily know it's not a broadcasting. So they'll either get a little too loose, want to treat it like a podcast, have conversation, but they don't realize you as the lead have to hit certain notes. You have to throw down to your sponsors. I want to take a quick thank you to our sponsors, Alico SBD. And it, like you, you get in that voice too. You have to be professional and you have jobs to do and they aren't completely aware and then sometimes as well, they want to get into, um, if you have like a coach on and be like, well, this uh, is what she needs to do. Yeah. All right. Which is okay a little bit because you do need to explain, yeah. bring the viewer along, but far more, you don't want to get into a seminar because that's not entertaining um, for even powerlifters to a large extent. Not many mm. people watch seminars, but far more important is storylines. So it's it, when you get too loose, you lose storylines and you want the story developing. So far more important is if you actually understand powerlifting and handling the rules and be like, well, that's really interesting. They just changed her opener for the deadlift. Now, why she probably did that on the subtotal, she's slightly behind. She lost her last, her last squat, missed her last bench, lowered the opening deadlift. She needs that opening deadlift. However, now she's going to be behind. And the person in a lead now sees where her dead is. That's very interesting. They did that move. And then when they get into the third deadlifts, ah, that's a placeholder deadlift right now. Now I'm looking for team New Zealand to likely change that last deadlift. Now pay attention. And you have to bring along the storyline. You can't just say, this is the stuff that, you know, when you watch some, some streams, they don't do stuff. Like they don't even know to do stuff. So you'll sometimes get people to sit down in there and they're not seeing the overall picture. They're not showing, or if you have a storyline, if there's the battle isn't intense, but a storyline could prevail. So it's like, look at this, this lady has come back from a serious injury and it's, it's been hampering her. And then there's a payoff. You're building it up for a payoff. You need payoffs. So when you see certain things happening or someone's about to bomb, you're like, wow, this, what, this is all in, this is make or break this last attempt. If they don't hit this, and then you could say, you could hear a pin drop. And you set them up. So if they hit it, you're like, oh, back in the game. Here we go. And you're excited. And people are like, I'm fucking invested. I hope she does well. Or if they miss, that's okay. You set them up for a failure. 
that's sports. So then it's like heartbreaking, truly heartbreaking to see at the Worlds. But she will be back. And this is why this is, and you, you build it so when the next person comes up, you built that. That's a payoff for the next person. And this is how you build. Far more important than give me the fucking squat seminar. Far more important <laughs> than give me your podcast. I'm a cool, funny guy. Far more important than a lot of that shit is actual sports broadcasting. And then, um, so, so I actually studied it and started like, like, I know I, I got off to like, like Martin Flett told me a lot of this. And then I was like, after the first world, I'm like, I got to keep doing better. I got to take this more and more serious. I started being like, what style of commentary is closest to powerlifting? And for me, I looked at it. It was baseball because baseball a guy or a guy walks up to the plate, just like so, the, the action stops, just like someone comes up to the platform and then they have the chance. And then, the, and it's one, two, three strikes, just like, you know, and then the next person comes up and they have their chance. And then the next person comes up and based off of how they do, there's an accumulation of like the, on their scorecard, you know, if they're hitting home run singles and based on if you got your squad or bench or whatever, there's an accumulation on towards your total. And so I started catching the rhythm. And the pacing of it, you can't oversell every single hit because then no hit, every hit's meaningless. I was going to say, it's lucky you didn't take off uh, your commentating style from like horse racing. That's it, my man. Logically, I hope not yet. No, it's a, uh, yeah. I mean, you got to, you got to pace yourself. That's another thing Martin said. He's like, look, you want to, you want to sell off the payoffs, but you're setting up the payoffs. You don't want this. Some of these sessions are three hours long, my man. You don't mm. fucking try to keep hype for three hours. By the end, people are like, I'm not invested anymore, bro. You had, yeah. you know, we he, hyped, he hyped up his opening squat. Like, yeah. I'm squatting 30 kilos more. I'm not, I'm not sold. You've that's sold that's why, right. That's where you have the opportunity during those times to like start setting up a little background. Okay. Well, this gentleman from, from Germany, this is a little bit of, he's a German champion. So give it a little background and yeah. then see how it develops. And if he's in the mix, all right, well, then, then you, you get in on it. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's, a. Uh, it's been a trip and it's funny how that's why I would tell anybody like you, like you guys, like you're finding out the podcast, just go hop in, hop in there. If possible, you'll figure it out. Trust. Like I've learned to trust myself. You'll rise to the occasion or, or some people don't, sometimes you don't, but then you could be like, well, fuck it. I gave it a go. I'm sure some people other were like, Hey guy, I tried a couple things. It doesn't always work out. I gotcha. Right. (laughs) But at the the, fair and it's happened for me, things haven't always worked out for me, but you're not going to know unless you throw your hat in the ring and eventually you're going to find a couple things. You're like, shit, here we go. Five years later, we're still in the mix and it's, it's fun, man. And I'm getting better and I feel comfortable now. I've come a long way from that guy who got confronted at the grocery store. Like, you don't know what you're doing or do you? <laughs> you this before. You're a fucking phony. How did you get phony. <laughs> you're fucking phony. But um, it's funny how since I've done that, they've gotten like way tighter on the commentary now, like I can't even for co-commentary. Um, if I like lifters ask, like, can I be a co-commentary? They're like, not even then, like we have to know the person they're, they're way tight. They gotten tighter, 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 let alone some, some guy shoots an email and all of a sudden he's yeah. the fucking lead. So, so what, you're saying, are gone. what you're saying is that you wouldn't get in now. <laughs> I wouldn't have timing is everything, man. That's why I think about it now. I'm like, Holy shit. Did I get in on the right time? Cause this, I, this would never have happened. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, so, actually, so he, yeah. he gets in and then he fucking sets up all these things so no one else could get in. No one so else, no one else can get in. That's right. 
I pulled that ladder up behind me, gentlemen. That's, and that's another fucking tip I got to give. <laughs> Pull up the fucking ladder. Close the door. Close, yeah. slam that door shut. Yeah. Throw locks on that door. Lock, lock the hatch. But let's lock um, it. let's be fair though, because you have not come in like completely green. So you've got a bit of a history. Eh? You got a bit of a history being in front of the camera, a bit of media training. You know, you're yeah. a little bit of a star in, in, in Canada. Take us. Take not a star, but media training. It wasn't a star. No, it was. Uh, I did. I have. I was on a reality TV show for a season. Did like Canada's Got Talent. And did like, um, yeah, I did like media training and it was, uh, definitely not a, like a, a star. It's weird like to be on a TV show. It's fucking weird to even say that because it's, uh, not, it's, not it's many people can say, not many people can say <laughs> well, it's true. it was bizarre as shit, but it wasn't, um, yeah, man, it's, that's another thing that I, that's another time where I just literally, I, I, I don't know what possessed me, but I shot out. 300 emails um, with like the same type of spiel and with like a little bit of a package of who I am and uh, to 300 TV producers. And I just went to, I Googled every single one. I got out an Excel spreadsheet and Googled every single TV producer, not just the, not the broadcasters, but the production company. I even Googled who makes these shows. If you Google the broadcaster, they don't give a fuck. Mm. It's the, TV production companies mm. that do it. And they're much smaller, which means they're easy. If you get someone's name, you can, they'll actually read your email or mm. you, 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 you Google like one of the major uh, broadcasters. You're never going to get anybody. So I 300 and put together these packages and shot out in 300 emails and uh, personalized some of them the whole nine. And I got like, just, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I know you, you do reality TV. And I got, 298 no's <laughs> and uh and sometimes not even a no you just don't get anything nothing and <laughs> two times i got back one of them i ended up get, uh getting auditions they were like auditioned to me which is fucking nervous this is another moment where like what the fuck am i auditioning i'm not an actor or whatever and then um and I ended up getting on a reality TV show. So they're paying me and it's fucking bizarre. And I'm six pack lapping out on the reality TV show. I'm me, but I'm not me. I'm like a hyper version of me because reality TV is not real. And then the other one was Canada's Got Talent. And they were like, come in. I, I, I sent them a video of me um, pulling a plane. And um, I pull, I do like feats of strength, for like sick kids hospitals. I would go and like talk to like that's cancer awesome. camp for kids. Thank you. Yeah, it, man, it was fucking, that's a, I did a summer where I was pulling um, school buses at cancer camp for kids, raising money and talking to the kids. And um, holy smokes, man. Like the things you would see at some of these camps is absolutely like, you'll never forget it. And some things are really tough to digest. Mm-hmm. And um but uh, yeah. Anyways, we're about to have a CC Ingram moment if we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, be careful, nice. gentlemen. I'm, I'm about to test your podcasting skills right yeah. now. Uh, we're yeah, going to get deep down that path, eh? Actually, do <laughs> ask, I, would, I do want to ask. When I heard you say that on the other podcast, I'm thinking, where, where does that come from? Like, if, if you're happy to talk about it, is something in, yeah, in yeah. the past? Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it was uh, I, at one point I was dating. Um, so so when I was younger just like most kids, I wanted to like, you know, I was super into superheroes and shit like that. Right. And, uh, me and my buddy would like, like do superhero training in the backyards and shit like that. I'd be like, we're going to be superheroes someday. That's and, um, right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> 
That's right. We kind of still do. Who's yeah, kidding? But um, so when you get older, whatever the shit, you put that aside. It's not real realistic. You're not gonna like. So when you're young, you're like, I'm I'm gonna have super strength and use my strength to help people. Then you get older and you're like, like like you're when you're a kid. Like I, I've I've you know you have nieces nephews. They for real believe they get really into that shit. Like they they're all in by it. When you get older, you get jaded and you're like, isn't that cute? But um, miracles don't happen. That shit doesn't. That shit's not real. So you let that go. And then when I was like in my 20s, for a long time, and I went through that period in my early 20s, I wasn't doing too much, just partying on weekends and wasn't, wasn't super focused. And then um, somebody that was super close to me, her, I was dating a girl and her younger brother, like, we, like she was the girl next door. I knew her my whole life. And so I knew her dad and her family my whole life. I knew her younger brother was like, like not like a sibling, but like a family too. And like me and her lived together the whole nine. So her her younger brother had a son and like he called, I was uncle Ryan and um, he, the dad, her, her bro, younger brother, like we're talking, he's like early twenties, got sick for cancer out of nowhere. I was working at a hospital and um, I, we broke up like three months beforehand and I seen her in the hospital and uh, she looked disheveled. I'm like, what, what the fuck? Are, she's in her twenties. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? You all right? And she's like totally disheveled. And she's like, uh, Jacob's here. And Jacob's her younger brother. I'm like, what's Jacob doing? He's in a, he's, he's upstairs and he's in the ICU. And I'm like, I see you. What happened? And she's like, I don't know what the hell's going on. She's like, we've been here. They're running tests. He went in on a Friday and by Saturday they're telling her, they're telling, uh, her, their parents, Jacob's going to die within 24 hours and you're going to have to say goodbye. Oh, well. And she's telling me this like face to face. And I'm like, I had nothing. I had not a fucking word for her. And I was like, you know, and she was, the reason why she was on the floor I was on is I found out she was looking for me because she wanted me to say something. She was, she thought I would be able to give her something because I was usually that guy. And that fucking rattled the shit out of me. Like afterwards I realized, and then, um, so I'm, uh, I'm there with the family and you see it happen to a young guy and he passes and you see his son who's six and doesn't understand what the hell's going on. And you're trying to explain, you're never going to see your dad again. And it's like, man, that was hard. That was like, that was really, really, really hard. And then afterwards. So I like, I'm just like a zombie throughout this moment. Right. And, uh, you're just trying to process it. So afterwards, like everyone goes home and the dad says to me, um, we want you to give the eulogy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I'm like, man, uh, like, cause, and I'm like me. And he's like, well, who else? And I'm like, she, I was put on the spot before and I didn't have the words, man. Like I, I, I'm thinking like, I can't do this. Like I'm, I'm going to let you guys down. Like I, she, she came to see me for something, for some strength. I'm usually on that guy. And like, I didn't have shit. And I'm like, Holy fuck. I was up all goddamn night thinking about this. And then, uh, so I, I, I was like, I got to step up to the plate here. If people are looking at you like this in times of like people's darkest hours, you show strength and you hit the right words, you can put things in perspective. And I put this fucking thing together. And I was in the washroom, and I like, I mean, I was like in bad shape. Walked out in front of everybody, like everybody his age, 
his parents that are like my age now and like his son and his son was looking at me and I gave that speech and that's when like, like my lip was shaking, but I didn't cry. And people like my boy, my boy was watching. He's like, fuck me. I almost cried like three times, but I was like, six isn't crying. I'm not crying. Like that's a, that's that's a strong man right there. And then afterwards, the dad coming up to me, like shaking my hand and he had like a tears in his eyes. He's like, I knew, <laughs> I knew it was going to be you. I knew you do was like, and I was like, fuck me. So then I realized, you know, you double back to when, like when you thought when you were a kid and like how, how you, you weren't jaded yet and how you believed. So one day I'm with his Jacob's son, who's my, my nephew and he's in the back seat, and I'm like, I was kicking around ideas I wanted to do, and I know, and I was like, I, I told my parents, I told buddies, I think I want to start pulling school buses, pulling planes, flipping cars, and raising money for kids who are fighting cancer and some scary shit like that, and I'm going to fucking show up, and I'm going to tell them, and they believe that they're not jaded, and I'm going to look them in the eye, and I'm going to tell them, I know you're facing scary but if a 200 pound man can pull a 150,000 pound plane, what can, who can tell you what's impossible? Mm. Keep fighting, keep believing like it's, you, you know, and, and give them that belief that somebody needs it. It's scary. And then I'll hype them up like that. I'd be like, do you guys believe? And they'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, do you guys believe? And they and I'm like, cause I'm not going to be able to do this all by alone. So you <laughs> hype them up and be like, let's, let's get after this then. So I remember this was my plan. I told everybody, man. I told like my friends, my family, my parents, all the adults were like, are you sure about this? Like, can you even pull ask, a fucking plane? Like, is, you- <laughs> is this going to be like the IPF story where you put a plane, brother? You put a plane yeah. before? No, nah, man. This time. Cold this ass time. Dude, there is. Listen, listen. There is. I do got that. That <laughs> did happen. But uh, I'll tell you one sec. So. I'm in the car. So everybody's like, dog, uh, don't bite off more than you could chew because you might end up in a bad space. Right. So I have my nephew in the back seat and um, I'm telling him like, you know, your uncle Ryan, I'm going to do this. And I think I'm going to pull a bus and I'm, I'm going to pull planes and um, I'm going to raise money for kids who got sick like your dad. And the first person who didn't question, I was, he, he was taking it in. And I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, I think you could do this. And I was like, fucking right i can't man and i was like i needed that bro my mom was like you know what i'm like that's kids man the first person to believe was a six-year-old and he's like i think you i think you could do this man so i was like fuck man that's it so like it helps me and it like so i like holy shit talk about moments throwing yourself in moments i like the first school bus i pulled ended up being national news i woke up this is before this is 2008 before like social media was taken off i woke up in the morning I see newspapers there and shit And my boy in I'm on one side of Canada. Canada is a large country. And then my boy, the other side of Canada and BC is reading about me in a newspaper. So he calls me. He's like, what the fuck did you do yesterday? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, you're in the news. I was like, what? And I'm like, turn on the TV. I'm reading a newspaper. I'm like, holy shit. What am I doing? I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what the fuck. And they're like, 
headlines something way over the top like superheroes are real and i'm like <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now and i'm like wow and, um, and i was telling the kids like superheroes are real and uh it's not just me it's you you could do it i'm giving them these speeches right um because i was like the thing wasn't like it's me that's special it's like no you guys i was like you this is possible whatever um so yeah but that was that's like how i started end up doing like those feats of strength and then the ball starts rolling from there in terms of uh after a while, the raising money for the sick kids, like that's how I ended up doing the raising money for sick kids and pulling planes, flipping cars. So when I moved on to doing like the reality TV show and shit like that, I was six pack lapping at the powerlifter and strongman, And they had all of this footage of me, like pulling planes, flipping cars. And when I went to Canada's got talent, um, they seen the video of me mm-hmm. pulling a plane and they're like, you're in so it was uh dude, it was it was pretty crazy i'll tell you about the, the plane they they freaking told me like i told them this is gonna be national tv live and they're like yeah and i was like this is one of the times because i've done a, like a bunch of events by then and i'm like listen to me listen to me this is a boeing 747 give me a bit of a hit stop whoa oh, yeah. there's a boeing 747 they're like, yeah, it's a Boeing 747. Damn, you didn't like, like start with a Cessna or something? You didn't start with like a Sampling <laughs> well, engine? Well, I've, I've, <laughs> I've been doing buses. And I was like, we're going to go bigger this time. I got, I got bold. And I was like, um, is, is like, you have to give me a practice pull in private to let me know I could do this so I don't fail <laughs> these kids live on TV and totally people will never see me again. I'll never show my face. Like I, I'm telling these kids, all these things like believe and blah, blah, blah. And then if I show up and fail, like I got it, you can't. And they're like, we'll get you a private poll. No media. Don't worry. I'm like, thank you. But it has to happen. They're like, yes, yeah. it'll happen. Cause that's going like, to look, okay. that's going to look pretty silly. Yeah. You try to pull a plane. You were just like, you know, rolling right. around on the, on the tarmac there, you know, trying to pull yourself up. along the <laughs> My dude, it didn't happen fucking storms every every goddamn day there's a storm and they're, they're you're not allowed on the tarmac i'm like i'm good uh there's no thunder and they're like can't because it's rules it's bylaws you none of us are allowed on the tarmac and they're like no practice pull and i'm like so what are we talking about well the event's got to go because we have a lot of sponsors are you gonna do it i'm like Oh, you had no practice <laughs> i'm like fuck man i guess so i showed up and it's still kind of stormy and I'm like, okay, I'm like you with, this is my Chad Wesley Smith. I'm like, they're like, Ryan, it's stormy. And I go, excuse me, pardon me. Six call me six no, I'm joking. I no, did you, oh, <laughs> Can you believe that? No, I didn't do that. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> and I love, I love that Jackson was like, he's, he's filling it in. He's with me. He knows. But uh, I'm like, I had my Chad Wesley Smith moment where I'm like, oh, it's storming. We're not going to be able to do it. I'm like, there's my out because I'm going to fucking let these kids down and um, live on TV and I'll never live down and I'll beat the shit out of myself for doing this, uh, for not being able to pull it because I never had the practice pull. So I felt like, oh, thank God, there's a storm. This is literally actually, thank God, like there's a storm out. This is divine (laughs) intervention at this point. And I'm like, saved by the storm, we're not going to be able to do this this pull live on TV. Because I didn't know I could pull it. We didn't do the practice pull. And then, fuck me, Greg. Fuck me, Jackson. 
the skies parted. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, no, no, God, no, please don't do light, this. And a then, beam of light comes down. A beam of light comes down. I'm like, what are you doing? I like no. he's Superman. He's got heat vision. He's like melting the rain. He really is a superhero. <laughs> and then the, the event coordinator is like, <laughs> the event coordinators turn to the media and they're like, this is perfect. I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. And I'm thinking in my head, oh, fuck me. Oh, no. So they're like, strap them in. And I'm like, fuck. So if you, I have pictures, I'll send you guys the pictures. The skies look so goddamn heavy. Like they're about to, they're about to, like, they just, I just need some spittle. I'm like, look at guys, the skies look pretty dark. They're like, <laughs> they're like all week, you're like, I don't care if it's raining. Let me give a practice pull. But if the skies are even heavy today, you're starting to bitch up a little bit. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not bitching up. I'll let's do this. So, anyways. <laughs> Long story, long story short, I ended up pulling, pulling this thing, like fighting for every fucking inch. But before it happened, I grabbed the microphone. I was scared shitless. And I told, I just came up off the top of my head. I told these kids, and this is almost like a, I almost set myself up a cop out, but it actually ended up being poetic for what these kids are facing. I said, listen, I don't know if I could pull this plane. I was told I was going to get a practice pull. (laughs) There was no practice pull. I don't know if I could do this. I might strap in and and this might not happen today, but you are going to watch me strap in and I guarantee you, I will fight for every inch. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the 30 feet because they have 30 feet marked off. That's what the plan was. It's like a, it's like a race against gravity and you pull it 30 feet. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get to 30 feet. I don't know if I'm going to get three feet, but I promise you, I will fight for every inch. Because when we add up the inches, that's going to make the difference. I'm taking Al Pacino right here. That's going to make the difference. And I'll go, that's why just keep fighting for your inch. And these kids are like, we're going to fight for these inches. Mm. And I'm like, all right, strap me fucking in. <laughs> and so they strap me in the hardest and I'm fighting for these fucking inches. And it's like, a, it's almost like a pep talk that I needed in the crowd. Now, instead of setting themselves up for the payoff is when I cross the finish line, they're just like, let's watch this guy fight. Let's watch this guy fight for these inches and inch by inch, man, the knees are shaking and you can't figure your legs. You feel like you're going to throw up. And then eventually I see below and I think like I'm nowhere close to the finish line and I'm struggling. My buddy's like, keep going, keep going. And I'm like, I don't feel like this thing's moving. It's happening. It's happening so slowly and you're under so much duress. It doesn't feel like it's moving though, but you actually are. But so little that you're like, I can't fucking keep this up. I feel like I'm doing an insane like walkout with a squad on my back. And I'm like just holding, holding, holding. I'm like, how fucking long can I hold the line? And you you hear the crowd. You hear the crowd (laughs) going, pull, pull, keep going. It's close. And you're like, fuck. You're just going and going. And when I finally cross that that finish line, I got I saw the finish line. I'm like, how the fuck did I get to the finish line? There's no way. And I stood up and I'm like, my legs are shaking. And I'm like, you feel like you're going to like vomit. Like you're, you're way beyond ex- overexerted. Some little old lady steps forward in the crowd, sees me and could tell by the look on my face that I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm there. And she gives me a hug and holds me. And like, I don't know this lady, but we just had a moment and people start snapping pictures of me and this lady. And I'm like, holy fuck fuck I need to lay down for like a week the anxiety and then like the fight and then afterwards I'm like I can't fucking believe it happened and I did it and my one buddy is like a videographer who's videoing he's like I'm gonna be honest with you man 
I thought this was the time. This is the time you bit off too much. (laughs) This is the time you finally bit off too much, you (laughs) son of a bitch. And I'm like, holy shit, it happened. But um, yeah. What does a 747 weigh? Um, So this one, it's uh, it's over 100,000 pounds. This, I, so I, I did my research, man. I purposely got a cargo plane. So the inside doesn't have all the seats, mm. all the like things to actually house people. So that can strip like thousands of pounds. And then I did like a lot. And hey, I was that, like, folks, inside info. Yeah. Inside info. Pull the plane. Pull the plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is coming useful. Real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This, this is going to come in useful when next time you guys are pulling planes for anyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I was also like, I knew um, a plane can have thousands of pounds worth of gas in it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, or a kilo, sorry. Uh, so I'm like, make sure the gas, like uh, we want a cargo plane. We want no gas if possible. And then also the tires have to be inflated, have to be over inflated. Yeah. You know how, if you're yeah, yeah, a yeah. barrel, whatever, if, if even a wheelbarrow is not properly inflated, you're like, fuck me, this got a lot heavier. Mm. And you're like, ah, I got to put some gas in there. I told them like, I want these tires Ready to bust, gentlemen. Like, you need to be my (laughs) practice pull. All right. Help me out here. Like, okay, okay, okay. I hate to be a diva right now, but I'm kind of stressed (laughs) out. Kind of fucking stressed. I haven't slept in a week. Um, But uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, we we did all those. Um, So the video ends up getting me on Canada's Got Talent. And then that's like a fucking over a million people. And they went bonkers. Uh, And uh, I was like, they made certain acts like, Welcome back. This is this is this is more bullshit. Here's here's the reality TV is not real for you. Okay, um, they they plunked. They already knew that they wanted me in, so they put me in the lineup. You know, like here's a Toronto showcase. They put me in the lineup, and I was never in the lineup. And then they start like interviewing me or pulling me out of the lineup, see, showing me in the lineup, and people are like that guy wasn't there in the lineup. And anyone in the lineup's like, "Fuck me, is this rigged? <laughs> like, what's going on here?" <laughs> they could still. As it's told to me, they could still audition. It's just they have – if they come to Toronto, uh, the Toronto editions, they want it like a sure thing that we have a couple people we know for sure are going to work out. We're dumping millions of dollars for the Toronto showcase. If everybody's a dud, you can't go to the major broadcast and make sorry, we didn't find anyone really good in Toronto. They're like, no, we put $5 million into that fucking episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want at least five acts that we can yeah. work with on TV. So Get they the stack the deck. <laughs> right. So they stacked the deck so they're like, okay, we, we scouted. We got six-pack Lapidat because I emailed the TV producers. I'm like, take a look at me pulling the planes dramatic and shit. And they're like, holy shit, this guy's good on TV. So that's part of the role, how you get on Canada's Got Talent. Made it through on Canada's Got Talent and got yeses. And then um, the TV producers on America's Got Talent saw it. And I'm not American, homie. But so it's rigged as shit. I shouldn't be here. They're like, come down to the New Jersey auditions and we want you to audition. And they did the exact same thing. And they plunked me in, in the, um, the lineup of people auditioning and Nick Cannon comes, but you guys know Nick Cannon comes at the host and he comes over and it's totally rigged. He's like, Hey you. And we, I already know he's going to come and talk to me. And then me and Nick Cannon are like squatting kids and throwing them on the back. (laughs) Nick Cannon, I squatted like a normal sized person. He goes and grabs a kid. It's a funny, cute moment. Me and Nick Cannon have, and um, people watching again are like, Hold the phone, man. This guy got planted into the lineup. He wasn't here this whole time. But they, it's like, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. and they didn't even know I'm not even American. And every single person that hit the stage, um, they ask him, what's your name? Where are you from? 
what's your name? Where are you from? Hey, my name's Jackson. I'm from, you know, New York. Hey, my name's Greg. I'm from LA. Hey, my name's Six Pack. They'd said, what's your name? They didn't ask me where I'm from. Because they knew because they knew where I'm they from. Knew, eh? I'm not from I'm not even American, man. I'm not gonna say yeah. so. Where are you so, from? Uh Toronto. Um so this is like Heidi Klum, Howard Stern. Uh fuck, who else was on this one? Howard Stern, How, Heidi Klum, dude with the ball, Howie Mandel. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And uh, there was another one. And uh, I was squatting a bleacher full of people, and they were on the bleacher. And um, I got my yeses and uh, continued on in the event. But they don't show me ever getting, like, like axed or whatever or going forward. They just want to stack the deck again for that particular episode. I serve my purpose, and then uh, high five, you're on your way. Mm. And um, I'm not even American. Man. I, had no, I have no – there's absolutely no way I could have moved forward anyways. But it was a fucking hell of an experience. And uh, I remember the TV producers were like, listen to me. When you go out there, you're here because you're doing a, a, like a, a strongman act. They're like, my biggest advice for you, don't try to be funny. Don't try to be – stay in your lane because they like you as a strongman act. But if you throw out a joke and it, and it bombs – Howard Stern, Howie Mandel, they're going to light you up. Like, you can, this I'll can go either way. Shreds, yeah. They'll rip you to shreds. Yeah, this yeah. will go either way. You know what's good viewing? A fucking bomb or a fucking, <laughs> or, or uh, even yeah. better, a bomb yeah. or yeah. you kill it. Mm. She's like, you're here because we already know what you do and we like you. So just do what you do and stay in your lane. And so I was like, I'm going to keep my goddamn mouth shut. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be nothing. And I just did my thing and everything was fine. But, um, yeah, man. What was, your, what, was your, um, what was your follow-up act? You did the bleacher full of people out. What, what, did you have anything else planned? Like, you can't keep, um, you can't keep doing the bleacher week after week after week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen that. We've seen that, brother. What else you so got? For, for Kenan's Got Talent – it was um, – so my audition, the first audition was pulling the plane. Then it was the bleacher. Then I made it to – I was a quarter finalist by then, and I got cut as a quarter finalist. And the episode I got cut was actually not a performance episode. It's one of those episodes that shows everybody in the um, green room, like they call it the uh, tank. And, and you're saying your story, and I'm saying – talking about visiting sick kids' hospitals or whatever, and they get to know you. And you're talking to other people within uh, – who's also on there – and then I got like I got eventually axed by uh, it was Martin Short who axed me, um, and uh, so I, I only had two. And what I would have kept doing, I was fucking man, I I was gonna go all out. I was like, look, I want the stage set up, and I was gonna make it like a series of strongman events. But I, it was going to be set up in almost like a storytelling why I'm doing these strongman events, and I was gonna go all in, man. And but didn't make it that far. And I don't know if it would have worked anyway. So maybe it's for the best, right? <laughs> but, um, it, it makes for better viewing than probably doing the powerlifting moves that way. Oh, dude, <laughs> nobody would have given a shit. That's right. That's where like, um, when I was telling my buddies who are in the powerlifting, like, man, I'm on Canada's got talent. I'm on America's got talent. They're like, what are you going to do? They're like, they're like, we're powerlifters and we didn't give a shit. We wouldn't really give a shit. Like what, what, like what's, what's entertaining. These people don't, what are you going to do? I'm like, I got ideas. 
is. So that's where like the squatting, the bleacher full of people, you could use it on a ramp. So you're not taking the full load all at once. They see a bunch of people on the bleacher going up and down and it looks very dramatic. And you, they, I, I got cheerleaders from the football team to be like, so, so, and they have their pom poms. I'm like, cheer and go, whoa, exaggerate it. And they're like, man, I know, man, I'm a showman. I'm like, help me out here. So they were like <laughs> exaggerating the movements. Whoa, whoa. Every time you did a squat. So it's really the bleachers are rattling. And because of cheerleaders with pom poms, you visually see this shit flying up and down in the air. And it's like, holy shit, I can't believe a man's doing that. So it's all in presentation, right? Um, so eventually I get axed anyways. And one of the people on it was the host. Now, Canada's Got Talent, the person who ended up winning, um, I don't even remember who it was, but like the, nobody on Canada's Got Talent ended up doing like a uh, fucking thing. <laughs> you go back to your day jobs. No, nah, man, we all went back to our day jobs, whatever. The only time afterwards, like a year, within the same year, because I was firing off the same emails to TV producers and um, – I ended up getting the one TV producer that ended up going on as a reality TV show. They're like, oh shit, six pack lab. He is, he's pretty good on like television and talking and shit. So they, uh, I ended up auditioning and making it on that reality TV show. And then I went through all that media training you were talking about where like I'm with TV producers and this is how you do interviews. This is how you do, like you do press junkets where you're in the room and the press rotates, but you stay there and you're doing live television. So you like really quickly, you could fumble the ball if you're not, like I'm swearing like a sailor here, but you can't, obviously you got to watch yourself. Yeah, so yeah. I went through all of the media training. So I'm ready, ready. I'm ready, Freddie. And, um, I went, when I was doing some of the press junkets and, um, they're like flying me around doing press and doing American press and Canadian press. And w- one of the, the lady who was the host of Canada's got talent is like, that was her, this is her TV show. That's why she's on Canada's got talent. So I showed up and, um, she's like, Holy shit. You're from Canada's Got Talent. I'm like, yeah. She goes, yes, we got somebody who ended up doing something. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, uh, sorry. I mean, it's a reality TV show. She's like, I don't give a shit. That will take it. We, we nobody did nothing after that goddamn show. Oh, like man. nobody did nothing. So you're in a reality TV show. Fuck it. I, I, I'm chalking it up as a, as a success. We found some talent. Um, so I'm like, all right. Well, I'm glad to have helped you. What and then, uh, yeah, what, what show is that? Is it like The Bachelor or like Big Brother? Uh, oh, thank you very much, sir. Look at this guy. <laughs> sweet talking to me. Look at this fucking like charming, nice. charming young devil over here. Wow. <laughs> buy me a drink. Please buy me a drink. Slow down. Slow down. Uh, yeah, slow down, stud. Slow down, stud. <laughs> you, listen, my head is going to be so big after this podcast. But um, <laughs> was that The we Bachelor? Was that, this, this guy, he's good. you're good, you. You're good. <laughs> you're all right. <laughs> you're all right. You're good. You, you know what? You guys are going to do okay we you guys are gonna do okay in showbiz um, right. uh, it, it was a reality tv show so this is at the time this is like 10 years ago this is at a time when um do you guys remember when like there's a lot of youtube channels with like, epic meal time like epic meals yeah, like, huge a. huge yeah. meal it was it's crazy oh, yeah. popular mm-hmm. um and they, they had like millions lasagnas and yeah. right epic meal time and then so the TV producers at for this show wanted to capitalize by doing a travel show that's funny and we're traveling to like quirky sports events, but not like, I mean, quirky is in like, I mean, some of them, like we, we did Highland games wasn't quirky. That's a legit. We did the Highland games. We did things like there was the pizza world championships in Vegas and there's a convention in Vegas. Man, people from all, 
Yep, dog. Yeah, Sign me shit, up. Eh? Sign me up. There's, there's a, they fly, people fly in from all over the world, national teams, and they have like not only making pizzas, but um, like pizza box folding is an event. I'm like, what the shit is this? And some nice. dude, they just, Very some nice. dude folds like 50 pizza boxes in like 30 seconds. I'm like, this is insane. But it's, so they fly us around to these events. So they, they did, it's, it's uh, because you're flying around, so it's travel. And it's funny sports that they wanted athletes for athletes on it, but your athletic background does not help you in the event, which makes it more funny, I guess. I don't fucking know. So, so they have six pack lapid at the strongman. I wanted him to say powerlifter, but 10 years ago, like not like powerlifting is huge now, but it was way smaller than mm. like 2010, 2011 powerlifting was like the IPF wasn't even yeah. raw. They had no raw division. Like it was way smaller. So they're mm. like, no, you're six pack, the strong man. I'm like, okay, well I don't even compete in strong man. So <laughs> I mean like fine, but they're like, it'll, I'm not, you know, whatever I'm, I'm on a TV show. So I'm not, whatever. Then they had a, like a, a kickboxer who was also a comedian. So she was, and she was told to be lippy and cocky. And she was mad. She lipped the nice. shit out of me. Cause they want us all to talk shit to each other. Yeah. And they had a, a guy who's um, a basketball player, a college basketball player. He's like six, four long, beautiful blonde hair. Fucking prick. Um, but- <laughs> <laughs> I hate people like that. It's like, you Hercules lippy motherfucker. You Hercules looking motherfucker. Yeah, but as soon as I saw him in the ring, as soon as I saw him, saw him on set, I'm like, you're my fucking opposite, buddy. You weren't gonna, yeah. I, I, well, I actually liked him, but I got oh, a like, conditioner. You, yeah, he, he probably gets all the fucking shampoo commercials. And, um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then we got a girl who's a gymnast. And do you guys remember the Power Rangers? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, she uh, was actually heard about, heard about it. Yeah. She was one of the Power Rangers, man. She no was way. one of the Power Rangers, but there was a lot of different. She, there was the original show, and then there's a million different movies. Um, like, so which one of the movies? She wasn't one of the movies. She was like one of the movies that was probably like straight to VHS because there's a time when they had VHS or straight to DVD. She wasn't like one of the, but she was a Power so Ranger in one of the movies. That's the one that came out like two or three years ago. No, no, this is so this is 10 years ago that we did the show. One of the original so ones, she, yeah, yep. She was like, uh, yeah, uh, like I'm not huge into like the Power Rangers. I remember when I was a kid, there was Power Rangers. This oh, happened sure. when I was like, like 30. So, in between me being a kid and 30, they probably had a fuckload of Power Ranger mm. project, projects. Like, they had a lot of DVDs. Oh, they, re- they rebooted that motherfucker like 10 times, I reckon. Million times. She was in one of them, but she could do like legit backflips and she was like crazy athletic. Also, she's a full-on for real actor in, in like so here's the thing. They told us we want you to lip each. So we're flying around doing these competitions that we don't actually give a shit about. Like I'm doing I'm in Alabama and we're doing like frog jumping where you're like the caddy with a frog and you're racing your frog with another frog. We're doing like like a real frog. Real frogs, man. We're doing weird <laughs> shit, but it's all no about way. racing frogs. So we're doing like crazy shit. Like uh there, there's like they they literally you present chickens and you groom them and present them and then have them judged on your chicken. And then I was like, it's a bizarre shit. This, sorry, go ahead. Did you eat them? You eat them? You eat them? Presentation and then like, uh, sorry, you lost. You lost. You lost. Can you? You get in the oven. Can you? Can you imagine my chicken loses? They fucking slaughter him in front of me, and you know, I'm like, Jesus, that's a little <laughs> that's much. A, like that, I feel terrible because he loses because of me. But um, <laughs> but they they put you in these funny contests that like so. If if you just show up, here's here's where reality TV is not reality. 
if you just oh and we also did like the the native games up north where like it's full on this was for real log flipping like like we were actually that was some real sports stuff um same with the highland games there was they have some real ones in there but um they want to put you in some situations and they're telling you listen if you just go in there and you're just actually cleaning a chicken and putting out the chicken or you're just actually folding pizza boxes, nobody. And then if you lose, here's the other part. Sorry, I didn't tag it in the loser. So there's four hosts, but each episode, it's two of the hosts go head to head. Um, but the four hosts just kind of rotate per episode. So I'm in half the episodes roughly. Um, and they said, like, whoever loses has to eat an epic meal, like a huge, like a massive pizza. That's the size of a table. But this is where reality TV comes in. Okay. You're not actually going to eat it because nobody can eat it. So they're editing and doing all the rest of it. Another thing is, if you're actually just folding pizza boxes, you don't give a shit. Greg, wouldn't you wouldn't care if you lost to me folding pizza boxes. But you have to pretend you do. As a matter of fact, if you start falling behind, I'm going to start talking a little bit of shit. And I don't care, but you know I'm going to. And you have to talk shit back to me. And we go back and forth in um, like WWE style. The show is called Get Stuffed because... If you lose, you get stuffed, but also the get stuffed, like, like the, the yeah. shit talking. Yeah. And they were, so there was a point where I, we also did the warrior dash, which is, uh, are you guys familiar? It's like tough mudder where they have those obstacle course races. Oh, yeah, yeah. So one of so we, there were some episodes where it was like for real competitive, but we were out there. The warrior dash takes like half hour to complete. We we're out there like a, a full day because you go over the same obstacle, like 15 times to get all the different angles and like. You're exhausted, man. Like they're taking all the shots. Like they have like a camera crew. You're mic'd up, and people are like what the people who are actually doing the event is like, what the shit is going on right now? Who are these dudes? <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm a nobody. I, I I don't know what I'm. It's just like every other situation I'm talking about where I don't even know what I'm doing here. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and like at certain points, they will tell you like a, like a semi script and be like, we want you to say like you have to say shit. You have to like, like this guy won and you have to dispute his win and say he was cheating. I'm like, how's that going to look? Am I going to look bad? And they're like, don't worry. You're not going to look bad. It's it'll be okay. So we were like, reality TV is not real, man. Like I was, the thing is like, I was worried at the time when we were recording. Cause I'm, I'm six pack lapping at on the show. And um, I'm, I'm fucking six pack lapping at when I talk to these kids at cancer camps, I'm six pack lapping at with my boys. Like it's not just on the podcasting, like my, before it was my Instagram handle. It was actually my nickname, right? Like, like it was, yeah. people talk, call me six pack, but hey, six. So when in my day to day, man, like if people, if I talk like an asshole on this show, like people won't <laughs> know I'm a character. They're going to be like, that guy's an asshole. They're like, don't worry. It'll be okay. Yeah. And, um, because you, you hear that all the time, eh? You hear with these um, people have been on a reality TV show and they come across as being, well, they're, they're portrayed as the villain, you know, and this and this carries through into their day-to-day lives. So people are coming up to them in the street and saying, I fucking hate you, you know. I can't believe what you did what you did to Jimmy on that show. That was yeah. just evil, bro. That was just evil, you know. And they're like, whoa, whoa, I, just, I was told to say that. But people don't yeah, care. Yeah. You get labeled. Or... or- Look at the the Warrior Dash race. The last they said the last leg of the race, you're actually going to race it. But we're going to coin flip, and someone's going to get like a two minute head start or a minute head start. 
And so we coin flipped and Josh, the fucking six foot four long haired prick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like, I like how it makes Jackson. So no, I, feel insane, no, I, I hate feelings. that guy. The guy <laughs> I, hate I hate him already. Yeah, hate if him, I yeah. see him in the street, no, I'm crossing the He's street. Fuck that guy. Dead. Yeah, exactly. We'll get some comments on this Instagram. That, that's right, boys. You're like, you're like six pack cents as regards you. Don't forget. The Lannisters you know don't forget. About. You know what you know, you know what you do. Yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, so he ended up getting the the lead, and he's booking it and crushing it and whatever. And I ended up like at the end, I don't, but I, I end up losing, and you got to act like all disgruntled and shit. But um, when the show goes to air, and I'm watching it for the first time, and there, and I'm like, fuck, I hope this, like, I end up being okay, like I don't end up being a prick on this thing. Um, I ended up coming off well, even though I'm talking shit. They did it in a way that I came off well, and I came off like the sweetheart because. The angle was I was a str- the, the, this was the, only because the TV producers wanted to edit it this way. I was a strong man with the heart of gold. So when I talk shit, it was more like it wasn't. It came off like I'm just busting chops, whatever. And then there was a like the girl who was like a uh, kickboxer slash comedian. When she talked shit, it came off rough. They actually made it some points where, in this because editing, this is what you wanted. She was bullying me. Mm, She's like half nice. my size, but it makes it. The strong man who could crush her, like, and physically, like, you know, why would you be? But she's snarpy and, and bullying me a little. And I'll jab back because, you know, because, but still people, so people watching, like, fucking, she, goddamn, man, she's getting under my skin, man. She's bullying my man. This is the, you know, and um, in real life, me and her are absolutely fine. And I'm watching it. I could tell, like, oh, shit, I'm the good guy. And I can tell this, right? Yeah, all right, all right. And in real life, we're all the good guys. There was nothing wrong. We would party afterwards. We would go to the bars and then hang out afterwards. Like me and Josh, uh, who is the Hercules prick, me and him were actually friends. But we have pictures of us eyeing each other down, and he's 6'4 and 5'9. And he looks like he's, but at the time, I was like 220. This is why I was doing the strongman stuff. Now I'm like buck 90. So I was 100 kilo. Um, and now I'm like, what's 90? Like 87 kilo or whatever. So I was what, like, but even though I was thick, he was still dwarfing me, especially if we were up north um, doing the native games and, and he's looking down on me. So it looks kind of like he's bullying me, huh? And we'd actually pose pictures for the press like that. So again, it was easy for me to come off as the sweetheart. So then when I would do event, like I was worried about it, I need not be worried. When I would do events at schools, I would go to talk to public schools and like some of these kids are like 12, 13, 14 and they saw me like, and they see me, I'm the guy on TV and stuff. And they're like, six pack. They're like, yeah. And they're like, fuck Josh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, don't, I feel yeah. bad now. I want to break. What, what do what, you know? It's like that. What's that code they say wrestlers have? I forget. Like there's, there's a code where you don't break character even out saw off the show, because mm. if people approach you, you got to stay in character. There's a name yeah. for it. I forget. Fabe. Kayfabe is the is what wrestlers call it. Kayfabe, you know, like, eh? Yeah, they call it Kayfabe. Like Hulk Hogan <laughs> stays Hulk Hogan even if you meet him at a restaurant. Now I think wrestlers Wait, don't like Stone Cold. Oh, what? Oh, hang one. on now. Whoa. Whoa. Here's another bombs here. What's going on? First, first world like, is canceled. No, first, wrestling's first. first. World is canceled. Flat Earth, and then <laughs> <laughs> man, the yeah. fuck. We're breaking. We're breaking ground here. But uh, yeah, but I had like some of those moments where I'm like. Do I pretend Josh is a prick or do I actually yes. like, you know what, man? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you do. Ten years later. Ten yeah. years later, I'm like, so anyways, the point is like, I was a fucking prick. Yeah, like, I'm lying. <laughs> I was a prick 
That's what the show's got to be called. Hear off. <laughs> but, uh, we'll, we'll get some shout-outs so, in the comments. So I think like a, a lot of that kind of stuff, throwing yourself in these weird moments, probably gave me the balls to reach out to Gaston like that. And probably when I'm on the plane about to fly out, and you, like, like no matter what, you're still going to have anxiety and be like, holy mm-hmm. shit, I think I broke off more than I could chew. But when you've done those kind of things, though, and the guy's looking at you like in the grocery store, like you haven't done this before. We're about to go live on the air and the world's watching, man. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I was like, we'll be okay. I've been in not the same scenario, but I've, I've been tested. I'm we'll be okay. Strengthened, we'll be fine. Yeah, you pull the plane, <laughs> you can do anything. That's right. The sky's parted one day. I start giving him the story. Listen, the sky's parted <laughs> on the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, it's been a fucking trip, gentlemen. It wasn't that's the a hell of an origin story, though, eh? It wasn't the only show you did the the Guinness uh, show too, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. So don't forget, don't forget the Guinness show. Dude, I forget my own goddamn story. But um, um, yeah, that was wild, dude. So so the, previously, I was hunting for these roles, um, and sometimes things just fall on your lap. The American Americans Got Talent. I didn't think they would want me because I'm not American. They reached out to me. Af- so after I did Canada's Got Talent and after you're on a TV show, now the press is rolling with you and you actually have like, like now press, now I don't even pay attention to the news in the normal press. We're all social media. 10 years ago, there was like Instagram was, I don't know if there's Instagram, even Facebook was even that big. Mm. YouTube was like only a few years old. So 10 years ago, the press was your, like, if you got press, there's a difference between if you're trying to make something happen or learn all of a sudden a media companies, like we're fucking pushing you, sending out press releases. So then people from like Europe are like, we have a Guinness world record show. We want to fly you out. We're going to fly. Like, you know, you, when you've squatted a bleacher full of people, I'm like, how the fuck do you know about that? And they're like, you're in Italy. <laughs> like what the shit? And they're like, um, we're going to fly you out. We're going to fly out your bleachers. We're going to fly out your squad apparatus. And I'm like, dog, this is like thousands of pounds. You're going to fly out. Like, how much is all of that going to cost? And like, we're getting swirled records, baby. We're going to fly you out. <laughs> and I'm like, what the shit? And um, this is how America's Got Talent found me and whatnot, too. And then, um, so I'm like, uh, so I'm scared again. And I'm having an anxiety attack. And I'm, I'm going to go to Italy by myself. And I go, um, I need to bring, I, I want to bring a friend. And it's for support, but uh, they're not going to, they're, they're like, Ryan, we're paying so much money to fly out. And like I said, again, six pack, six pack. <laughs> my man, my yeah. fucking man's got me. Um, no. <laughs> but um, but uh, I said, uh, listen, this is a, this is a health issue. He has to wrap my knees. <laughs> and I, and I, and he, uh, off. You started yeah, that. They don't know. They don't know though. They don't know. They, the TV producer's like, really? And I was like, can anybody wrap your knees? I go, no, 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 no. This you is started that. The I, I, I said, if you don't wrap my knees properly, I could blow out my kneecaps. And then I was like, I was like, my belt. I even have a squat suit. It's just a squat suit, but I don't call it a squat suit. I go, I have a specialized compression suit devised specifically for this, and it has to be placed on me. And I, this guy knows what he's doing. And I'm getting in there, man. I'm selling, like, I'm selling this to him. And all the TV producers are like, what the fuck? What is going on here? And he's up. And then they, they come back. And these TV producers don't know nothing about weightlifting. So, A, they're going to believe the lie. 
because they could anyone could probably help me get in the suit, wrap my knees. B, they also are like, I don't want to be responsible for this. And I'm like, this is if you, one of you, I said, if you got like some kid on set who wants to, and they're like, no, 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 this will be a disaster <laughs> if this guy gets hurt, right? So they fucking bought my buddy a plane ticket. We're in hotels. They pay for your hotels, food. They even pay you money um, to do it because you're on a TV show. So I'm like, my buddy's like, holy shit, dude, you bullshitted. Like, you got me. Hey, boys for life now. We're boys for life now. Like, we're, we got an Italian. We went around Europe. We went to, uh, I'll get into that in a sec. Dog, are we okay for time? We're like running on two hours soon. How are you guys? I know yeah, you guys got to. Yeah, we got another okay. yeah, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, we're good. Okay, cool, cool. So we fly out, and that's when um, so the TV producer was like, we'll get you a guide who's going to show you around set. And, um, you know, I, cause, uh, cause I'm like, man, I'm Canadian. I don't know nothing. And they're like, okay, we'll help you out. And then that's when they, that girl met me at the, met oh, me at the you. airport. Yep. Dog. She was absolutely gorgeous. I swear to God. I, I fell in love the moment I saw her, but not, <laughs> not legitimately, but I was like, holy shit. Um, like, she can wrap my knees. She'll, she'll get she me in the squat suit. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> she's going to help me in my squat suit. I'm firing my boy. He's going to stay at the airport right now. But, um, and uh, it was fucking, it was a trip, man. So uh, we're at the hotel and I'm scared shitless, um, having some cocktails to break the, to break the uh, anxiety, but you also got to perform. And um, half Thor Bjornsson is there because uh, they have so many different acts. They had uh, half Thor Bjornsson. They had Big Z. Zadruna Savikas was there. Oh, he was there. Um, they had a guy who was the human lizard or some shit every single piece of his body was tattooed and his tongue was split oh, so he could put out his tongue yeah he could put us yeah put his tongue and open it and move it around Ooh. and every single part of his body was tattooed and he even had bumps surgically implanted over his eyes were like a lizard he looked like a full-on fucking lizard um they had the world's tallest man there they had uh, the real life spider-man who could scale the side of buildings and he was breaking a record they had um, a guy who headbutted nails through like, like he, I think they call him hammerhead. He had, for no some shit. reason, his skull was abnormally thick, like, and, he, and you could see it on him, you know, like, like his forehead protrudes, like, like he was a caveman, yeah. like yeah, he's yeah. a fucking caveman and he could hammer. He's literally like a hammerhead. And um, so we're all together and we go out drinking some nights or go to restaurants and we fucking look like somebody just assembled the biggest cast of misfits like a team of like what is going on right now we were taking the bus and i'm with the lizard man he looks like a lizard man children were afraid to go on the bus with us and i have like the hammerhead guy who looks like a hammerhead guy we have like like we're all a bunch of ragtag freaks and then our guide is like some gorgeous woman who like probably did you know modeling i don't know what the shit she was doing probably somewhere in, in media and this is just a gig she picked up but um and we're going around town and um, everyone's looking at us like freaks. And we're like, dude, they had like, it's so bizarre, man. Like restaurants on the streets, bars on the streets. We're drinking on the streets, eating on the street. And um, yeah, and that's when I met Zajun Savikas and I met Half Thor. And I'm like, absolutely shitting bricks. Um, years later, on the set of, uh, on at the IPF World Championships, Zajun Savikas, he's in, he's in Belarus. And uh, I interviewed him for, for the IPF. And I was like, holy shit, there's a June Savikas. And I was like, hey, man. And we started doing the interview. And I'm like, um, you know, we met before in Italy. And he goes, yeah. 
I recognize your face. I recognize your face. I knew. I thought that was you. And I'm thinking, there's no goddamn way you knew that was me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were the one with the forehead, yeah? yeah? Yeah, you remember me. I was the guy with the big. I was with the guy with the forehead and with the guy with the fucking lizard, uh, the lizard man. I was but, like uh, the I was like the normal looking dude, like. I was like, dude. That's the thing. It's like, what are you again? It was like, what are you doing here? But um, yeah, at the Guinness World Record, I did a. Uh, I squatted the bleacher full of people again, which is like a record that no one else had. And who the hell is going to do it? It was, it's all for show. This is TV. This is all yeah. just for television. They saw it and they, 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 they said that makes for good TV. So I have a Guinness, I have the Guinness world record. It's like in a freaking drawer yes. somewhere. It doesn't mean too much. Um, but it's not about the record. It's more like, holy shit, man. We, yeah. Did we Thor flew- and big Z not just look at that? Like, yeah, they're like, why you don't I? Yeah, they're like, what is this? Hold my coffee. I'm going to break this fucking I'm gonna shoulder press this. <laughs> like, I'm just going to fucking come and fucking I'm gonna bicycle press this. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing is, here's more reality TV for you. So, like, they knew the jig was, they knew, like, this is just TV, right? So, they were doing every week, they went, um, they faced each other off in a strongman event. And it was always to, with the attempt to set a record at the end. So, every single week, they would face off one and the other. And then, um, so I would, and then we were live on set watching sometimes like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm watching these guys live. And we're backstage sometimes. And, um, they would come, like, we started noticing big Z would win one half Thor would win one mm. then big Z would win one. And then half Thor would win one by the time they got to the, like the seventh, like and every day was a new event. And then by the time they got to the seventh one, I'm like, dog, there's no fucking way. This is back and forth like that. on yeah, like, yeah. just by chance. Like, this is rigged. This is I, I've been by now. I've been around the block enough times. I know what, what reality TV is. This shit's rigged, homie. The, these guys are like, this is all TV show. We're all collecting the paycheck and enjoying ourselves and having cocktails and eating food and just like enjoying the event. So, um, anyways, for sure, I don't even know who. I think they actually ended up directly tying and being like four and four in terms of like who got the most world records at the end of it. But uh, what was it like? Yeah, what, was it like um, what was it like uh, hanging out with Big Z and, and Hethel? Because they're big humans, eh? Absolutely monstrous. Yeah. I mean, there's there's big, and then there's like like half Thor. I have a picture, and I look like a like a child next to these guys. Like it is embarrassing. People are like God, that size difference though. And like mm. all the comments are like, "Holy!" I could send you a, a picture of me and so Big Z and half Thor. Yeah. It's hilarious how small I look beside these gentlemen. Um, half Thor was like. Uh, he he was because he, he I don't know how good his English was. Um, actually, I think his English is pretty good, isn't it? He didn't say much. But it's, that, good we now. Rolled, it's definitely good now. Yeah, it's better. We, yeah, we went up to him in the there was like a uh, dining room on set, and I was like, I don't want to disturb these guys. He's like, Nah, man, we got to. It's like, Nah, man, these dudes look intimidating as shit, and they don't look they don't look friendly. I'm sure they are, but you're not thinking they are. And they're like, Nah, I'm walking up to him, and I was like, You going? He's like, Yeah, I'm like. Fucking going with you. So, we, <laughs> so um, that's right. So we roll up and like, like I'm hanging out with like, like the lizard man and shit like that, right? So we roll up and like we're taking pictures and um, they're not saying a whole hell of a lot. Like you could tell they were looking at us like we'll take pictures, but don't get comfortable enough to sit down with us and start being like that. Like, fair enough, whatever. Fair enough. So, um, yeah, I mean, they were good guys, good enough guys. They humored us, anyways, man. And then later on, when I met Big Z again at the IPF World Championships, he was at the banquet when the World Championships is over. There's a banquet. Everyone's drinking, eating, partying, and he was there with the SPD uh, president 
uh, Benjamin Banks. And, um, and I was like, holy shit, there's half Thor. And my one buddy from the IPF media team, they're like older guys from the UK. And they're like, um, go talk to him, man. And I was like, no, no, I can't talk to him. That's half Thor. And like, come on, man, go talk to him. And I was like, you think, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And he, he's like, this is like, I don't give a shit if he had 20 supermodels in the room. I don't, I'm all eyes on Big Z right now. And I'm scared shitless to talk to him all. Nervous. I'm like, come on. And then my one buddy goes, listen, he's probably bored. Probably everybody's afraid to talk to him. He's sitting there by himself, sipping his beverage, and he's not able to talk to somebody because they're intimidated. Because they're, they're intimidated because he's the pretty girl at the bar. Uh, go talk to him. And I was like, I'm going to fucking talk to him. And so I'm nervous as shit. And because last time I tried to talk to him, I didn't get many words out. And he was on set and in his mode and wasn't interested really. So I walked up to him and I, that was my icebreaker with the, we, we met in Italy. And then he gave me the, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then we started talking a little bit. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm talking to Big Z. And I'm like, so how you doing, man? I, you know, with the weightlifting, are, are you doing a comeback? What do you think about this? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm taking pictures. I'm with Big Z. And the boys like taking pictures of me. With, I, I told them like a total nerd. I'm like, take pictures of me talking to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I won't like, pose at all. It'll be candid ass. Just leave me yeah, <laughs> Cause I'm, cause I'm a weirdo. I want to, I want to prove to everybody. I talked to big Z at the bar one day and this little dude who's in the IPF media team, we call him Ray. Um, or his name's Ray. We call him sugar Ray. And he's like 80 pounds soaking wet. He's 80 years old and done it all. Like, you know, you know, all the stories I'm telling you right now. It's like, Oh shit, you've done some shit. But at 80, this dude, he covered the moon landing. Like, and, like he, he, he remembers like he's met royalty, the guy has done it all, right? So his story is like, he's got stories. And I worked up like 15 minutes to finally go talk to Big Z. And I'm talking to him. And then here, here comes little Sugar Ray in between us. And he, he pops in. He pops in. And he goes, he looks over at Big Z. He turns his back to me. Looks over at Big Z. And he's like, you know what? I want to tell you about the time I met Mick Jagger. And I was like, <laughs> I can't fucking beat that, Ray. Yeah. Like, like I got nothing, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, Mick, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I could see Big Z look for me to Sugar Ray and this little charming man, and all of a sudden the shoulders connect, and I'm on the outside uh, of the shoulders. Like, uh, oh, the, oh, but the circle just closed off. Uh, I'm like, God damn it. I go back to the good. fellas. I go back to the fellas, and I'm like, don't worry, man. We got a couple pictures with you talking to him, out, though. And out. I was like, yeah. well, that's kind of cool. That's so that would – when Sugar Ray comes back after like 45 minutes of being best friends with Big Z and they're all laughing it up, all the fellas like, Ray, what the fuck, man? That was Six Packs Girl, man. You just cut <laughs> in on that dance. It's, it's, like, it's like I had the girl at, at the dance and some guy goes, can I cut in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. You mind man. if I take this dance? Yeah. It's Josh right, you mind again. if I take this dance? Yeah, yeah. Like, God damn it, man. You sit there like, hey, Big Z, remember that time we were like the three strong men on that TV show? You know, head strong man <laughs> beside my name as yeah, well, yeah, man. Yeah. Like. Come on. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, we got records. I'm like, my record Bro. still stands though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, where's your record? Yeah. Where's you your record? Squat bleachers full of people. That's right. I start getting cocky. Like, who squats bleachers full of people? Of course your record still stands. What the fuck? <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, man. It's been, Bro, it's, brother, it's we, been a uh, trip. It's been awesome, man. We're coming up on a um, couple of hours, but just just really quickly, eh? Like, um, we're going to get you back on because I'm going to call this part one. Um, I don't know if you want to come back on a later day, but we want to hear some more sure, from you. Now that he hates us, that's it. We're out. Yeah, we're exactly off. He's cancelling us. I don't He's going to we'll put on King of the List. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we didn't talk about, like, 
current issues. I mean, <laughs> we could talk about so much uh, for sure. Come back on. And I can tell you, all, like, we could talk about current issues going on. Strongman powerlifting. Um, didn't even touch base on King of Lifts or anything like that or whatever the shit, man. Uh, yeah. So Take for a- sure, man, part one. Part one. I'd love to hear. Before we go, though, what are, the, what are some big plans you got coming up with um, King of the Lifts? You got any, any plans for the next? Uh, what's what's the? Is there a one year plan, a five year plan, ten year plan? Yeah, I mean, we 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 are starting to now um, getting into. So obviously, the podcast is rocking and rolling, and we're co- closing in on a quarter of a million followers. And um, we're starting to work with the the strength guys in their coaching service and um, offering. They they said. Powerlifting coaching right now costs like like a bundle. It could be like two hundred to whatever uh, US a month, mm. and people are like, damn man, for for most people, this is a hobby sport, and it's not really something that you can afford. For a lot of people, for a hobby sport, most people only stay in powerlifting for one or two meets and then keep it moving. Um, so they had the idea of, and they're they're one of the they're very much expensive because they have like world champions under them. So they're like, we have an app coming out. And it'll be uh, $29.99 a month. And um, could we work with King Lifts in terms of like marketing this thing? And I'm like, all right, well, look at this is like a brand new project. We've never done anything like this. Now, I'm not going to do any coaching or anything. This is them doing the coaching service, but um, absolutely. So we started talking, and that's one of the projects we've been working on. Wanted to work. If we're going to do anything like that in terms of like offering people like a helping promotion, because people say when they follow King Lifts, we don't do like any promotion. Because I didn't want to take anybody's money and start promoting unless I was a hundred percent held off for a long time. People like you, like sponsors come forward, like we want to sponsor and here's some money and you could do like whatever the fit gun or whatever the shit. And I'm like, I don't use a fit gun. No, no. Well, how about uh, these, whatever it is, like yeah. you get it. You've got quarter of a million followers. People are like, here's what we want to do. Like you have like a quarter million followers of a, a niche market, not a generalized market. So if you have a niche product, bang, this is like your dream. And like, I was like, we are going to keep saying no year after year until it's something that's like, okay. Because when people think King of Lifts, when you make it on King of Lifts, um, it's like, fuck, I made it on King of Lifts because it's premium lifting elite level lifting. So it feels like something. So I was like, I can't like, let's just hold off. Let's just hold off. Something will present itself somewhere down the line. Four years, five years deep. Cause I thought started in 2016. Finally, like this kind of idea comes around and I'm like, you know what? This is you guys like world champ. You guys coach world champions, et cetera. And if it's to promote this app, where people get like world championship level coaching for like something that I think King of List followers, which are probably the more the general public can afford. I, because I know these guys, like these guys are, I don't need to vet them. These guys like coaching Taylor Atwood and shit. Like, you know, he, he won the best lifter at the world championships. Mm. Like you got world champions and then you got the best world champion of all the world champions. Like, all right, man. Well, uh, what's that? Sorry. And best here. I don't yeah, know, I mean, he has the best hair in the IPF. He's his hair is absolutely phenomenal. There, there's <laughs> another, there's another fucking guy who gets some shampoo commercials, right? Yeah, but the, uh, the new Josh. That's right. He's the new Josh. Oh, there's always a Josh in my life. Um, so, anyways, that's a project been working on, and um, obviously, hopefully, get some things like the Sheffield. So the SPD Sheffield event was going to take all of the world champions from the IPF worlds and have them clash in super showdowns um, 
And it was kind of like going to be kind of like a, a Kern money meet, but they were going to have quarter of a million us. Mm. They were going to have press. They, like, I mean, a press conference, the stadium they had was going to be like, you would watch an opera on the stage style stadium. So the seating was like that. Like, you know, they have balconies and opera style balconies where it looks fucking mint. And they were going to have um, the press conference where, so they were going to bring me in to do, I say what, like, this is eventually going to happen, but uh, we can't tell when because they need an IPF Worlds to happen to have IPF World Champions and then the event. And I don't even know if we're going to have Worlds. Like, who knows, right? But it's going to happen. And um, it, they're, they're, they're going to have, like, if you buy a VIP package, you get to show up at the press conference and ask your favorite lifters, meet and greets. And then just like when you watch a UFC or boxing event, which is on tonight, and I'm fucking amped up for it. Um, just like one of those events where you see one of the, the commentators like Joe Rogan is interviewing one of the athletes and they show them, they were going to have me interviewing athletes. They were oh. going to have me like the production and they were, you know how I was telling you about the game day when, um, okay, this guy's a subtotal guy. This guy's a deadlifter. This guy, here's what some of their like game day techniques might be and like an actual analytical breakdown. We were going to do the whole run nine, like real sports. Like we've like never a whole, seen like a real ESPN type. Dog, DLA. full on like that. It's still going to happen. The budget, the years they put into planning, it got the plug up pulled a week before I was about like my flight was booked. Everything heartbreaking. Mm. Um, that's still going to happen. So there's a lot of things in, on the go as well as the IPF worlds and, and yada, yada. But in terms of um, execution, I mean, the app is going to happen because it's just an online thing. COVID doesn't matter. But the other events and stuff, it's tough to say. It's tough to say, my man. Uh, um, yeah. And you hate to overcommit. Nobody wants to, like, plunk too much money down and put too much into it, and then everything cancels. So we'll have to, we'll have to see, my friend. We'll have to see, man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we gotta, we gotta, we're going to end on a high. Um, unfortunately, we've got to – Actually, can I – I had a question from one guy from Ben. Oh yeah, get really? it. Oh, I, I, get I, it. I promised him I would ask this because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know Ben, and you wouldn't hear the end of it. And I, I wouldn't hear the end of it. So this is uh, Ben uh, Calderly, nice guy. So he wanted to know, and this is a this is a horrendous question, I think, because <laughs> it's going to like polarize you to everyone else. Who <laughs> is the most impressive lifter of all time, in your opinion? Ooh, holy shit! This is going to end. We ended on a cliffhanger for part two. <laughs> the most impressive of all time. All time. No, no the, holds barred. We're talking about the goat, aren't we? The, the, yeah, goat across all classes, all divisions, all years. I mean, obviously, the consensus is going to be Ed Cohen, right? That's uh, your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Your opinion, your man. Opinion, go, go for your yeah. life. You're not allowed to say Ed Cohen. Hey, well, here's the yeah, thing. Because so you I, get banned. You're not allowed to say. You're going to get banned, man. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what, I I do lean on, like, from my era, what I saw, like, personally. Like, I have no – I wasn't – like, Ed Cohen, you, you, or, or any of the lifters from that era, um, you read about, see videos, but you've ex- – I've, ex- I've been lucky, man, to experience live certain people. Um, like, I, I'll never, ever take that for granted. It doesn't matter how many IPF World Championships I show up on. When I sit there, I'm like – watching this happen i'm like holy shit it doesn't ever get old it's like you know when you hear true love is when you're seven years old you look at your 70 year old wife and she still looks like she's 25 in your heart it fucking that's the way it is with powerlifting that's why i know i love what i do Mm. my fucking man 
Jackson appreciates yeah. that. Yeah. He appreciates that because he's been hitting me up all night. He's hit, been hitting me up all day with these, lobbing him down the middle, and I knock him out the park. There's another one for you, buddy. Um, so for me, in terms of I have emotional attachment, though, to some of these people, like from my era that I see live, like when you see the battle unfold, I think the most impressive where I was like, holy shit. The biggest moment I had actually was John Hack, 2016, when he beat Brett Gibbs and he won. That was the biggest event class showdown and i'll never forget that mm. um and john hack's killing it right now he's absolutely murdering it right now also ray williams uh, at one point i heard myself say i uh, i'm we are watching the strongest man in the world about to do his thing and like obviously he's the first man to ever squat a thousand pounds etc and um i heard myself say that in a commentary booth in a different country 20 feet away from him as he's doing it. And you have one of those realization moments like, holy shit, <laughs> right? what am I doing? I'm not, this is real. And um, so I have an emotional attachment to that as well. So for me, it's Ray Williams and, and the man squatted a thousand pounds, um, like in, in sleeves um, and John Hack. If I was going to say the people that most impressed me and left that like a, you know, I was there and I felt like I, I like I was there in the sense that I was in the crowd. I wasn't in, you know, I'm not fucking wrapping his <laughs> knees like my boy in Italy. But, yeah. but, <laughs> but anyways, and let me just say a shout out to my girl, Wiley Zhang, who's fighting tonight. I don't know if you guys watched the UFC, but I posted her one. I reposted her one time on King of the Lifts. Nothing to do with fucking powerlifting. She reposted the, my post. I was like, holy shit. Ooh, nice. I reposted her That's repost awesome. like a fucking fanboy. And she <laughs> slid and she slid into my DMs. And said, stop she posting about me. <laughs> and said, Where and, said and said, I am blocking you, you fucking freakazoid. No, she didn't. She, <laughs> she just... She, she gave me some emojis, but because she doesn't, she's from China. And I was like, Oh my God, why did he say just slid into my DMS? And I'm like, I think we're dating. I think we're going to have, we're going to have kids. Raindrops. Dog, it's, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Um, so I remember I, the first thing I did was I, I remember I, I messaged Taylor Atwood, the man with the hair. And I'm like, dude, why are these things in my DMS? He's like, shoot your shot. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, he goes, shoot your shot. And then he showed, he gave me the basketball emoji of someone shooting their shot. And I'm like, Ooh. holy fuck. But nothing happened after that. So it is uh, what it is. But, uh, we can say that. We, we can say that. Joe Rogan, watch out. Yeah. Watch <laughs> out. Yeah, watch you, out, brother. UFC commentator. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, pack, right. Six packs coming for you. Yeah, right. Oh, hey, everyone knows him as Joe. I've said to people, hey, we're interviewing Ryan this weekend. They're like, who the fuck's that? I'm like, it's six pack. They're like, ah, See, Joe doesn't have a fucking nickname. No, exactly. Ah, there you go. See? See? And that's where, when I was on uh, Cannes Got Talent, one of the first things they said was like, why Six Pack Lapidat? I'm like, because you're going to remember Six Pack Lapidat. Yeah. You're not going to remember Ryan, and it flows off the tongue. Six Pack Lapidat. Six yeah. Pack Lapidat. It's like one flows. word. Beautiful. And, and the guy, it becomes one word. And they, and it's actually something that gets used. And the guy's like, God damn it, you're right. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Showbiz, baby. Something. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Showbiz, baby. Fellas, thank you for having me on. God damn, this is enjoyable. Fucking pleasure, man. This is a good time. Yeah, no, thanks for your time, sir. Thank you. And uh, I hope you guys got to like crush some food and down some coffee. When is Ashton coming on? 10 minutes. (laughs) You see? This this is what I'm saying. We got 10 minutes. This is what I'm saying where I know know, I've been in enough rodeos to know I got to get in first. I got to get my boys while they're fresh. I got to get my boys while they're fresh.
Okay, then. Well, good luck, man. I won't keep you waiting. You guys go eat some food, and we'll keep in touch, and we'll do a round two down the road. Take it easy, man. We'll talk to you soon. That's good. See you later. Thank you, sir. Back out. See you, brother.